call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. I Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Good to be back at it. Uh, Did you see how poorly... Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren performed yesterday in New Hampshire. I heard about it. My goodness. So uh, R.I.P. Joe Biden. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. He got fifth in New Hampshire. So this thing's fallen apart. Uh, I certainly did not expect Klobuchar to surge as much as it's a Klobuchar. That's what they said. So uh, maybe we'll talk a little. um, little democratic politics tonight. I don't know. Whatever's on people's minds. Of course, if you're new to the show, you want to participate, there is a link in the description to join the Discord server on which we host the show. Hop in that Discord server. Put your name in the roll call. We just go on a first-come, first-served basis. Try to keep your call to about uh, two to three minutes. Blonde's on the clock. Uh, just as a gesture of courtesy to your fellow callers. Uh, being brief is appreciated. And if uh, if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, we do take email questions. Um, those are only accepted at beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Beautyandthebeta at gmail.com for call-in show questions. Put call-in show in the subject line. Appreciate that pretty much everybody is uh, on board with that these days. Looks like everyone's sending their questions over there, and that helps us out, keeps them all in one spot. So thank you guys for doing that. And then, of course, we'll take uh, breaks every half hour to check in uh, with Super Chat, Streamlabs, and DLive. I think that's all the rules, right? Yeah, let me get my well, timer. Sorry, I'm having a phone problem. Uh, let me get my timer going. A chick with a technical problem. Who yeah, could right. believe it? Well, it looks like we're going to get a uh, breaking news update right away tonight. MCNN, I think, has uh, breaking news for us. We do have breaking news tonight. Okay. Hey there. Breaking news coming out from Matt Christian News Network. As you know, we have the Democratic Debate Drinking Game hosted on the server by yours truly. <laughs> When's the next debate? Oh, yeah, this is a re- is the seventeenth this next Friday. But as you as uh, you know, our last debate was actually the seventh mm. this last Friday, and I would like uh, to ask for a moment of silence for everyone who participated. <laughs> yeah, really. Our sources ha- have uncovered that the mortality rate for those who participated is ninety percent. Wow, but you, you survived, right? Yeah, ba- barely. I Obviously, on. I suppose a, a substantial amount over the so-called kung flu. Speaking of that racist dog whistle, Matt Christensen may finally get his hit piece just mm. with me stringing together the paragraphs of DMs Fonboy sends me every time you upload. It's never going to oh. happen. Okay. In current news, looking like a scene out of Spartacus, every Democrat stands up on the House floor declaring that they have articles to impeach Trump. In one of the most uh, <laughs> right. ironic stories, Andrew Wang drops out for not balancing the budget correctly. I Andrew guess he really Wang? wasn't a, a math Asian. Ah. Secondarily, he was concerned uh, <laughs> that his mom constantly badgering him to go back to school and become a doctor. Yeah, Andrew Yang, huge disappointment to the honor of an Asian family this week. New Don't Hampshire primaries were this week, and in an act of the... De- Defiance. The new ha- the New Hampshire primaries actually went mostly smoothly. 
Democrats promise that this won't be the case for any other state. Yeah, get it, get it right next time. Yeah, really. Other news in New Hampshire. Make it quick. N- Noble Savage uh, Warren declares a victory, <laughs> uh, sticking to her roots and having no sense of personal ownership. With Valentine's Day coming up, the job market skyrockets as Planned Parenthoods across the nation hire emergency abortion salesmen to deal with the accidents this romantic holiday creates. Wow. Wow. <laughs> As I All informed right. you on Sunday, anonymous sources have confirmed that autistic propagandist known as Kevin is actually Ben Shapiro cosplaying as a Nazi <laughs> to release the in, his internal xenophobia and self-hatred. This right, is only made go. more shocking by uh, <laughs> the, the fact that we remember Kevin's incestuous obsession with his sister, Abby Shapiro, even broadcasting this to the server through his name, I want to fuck Abby Shapiro. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's this Wrap week's it up. Okay. breaking Get news from your most trusted source in real news, MCNN. We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Bye. I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't very excited when Andrew Yang announced he's quitting because I knew that I could make the montage of his whipped cream thing with the Sarah McLaughlin bit. I can't wait. Can't wait for that. I liked what he said about, um, about not taking money for a failing campaign. <laughs> I'm like, well, what did he say? I, I might have missed that. Uh, I was half asleep when I was listening to it, but he said that like he he feels bad collecting money for a campaign that's not viable. Hmm. Well, good for him. I wonder if he's going to pay out the rest of that campaign money. All his donors get a thousand dollars or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Lamentations, you're good to go if you're ready. Hey guys. Uh, well. I'd actually wanted to call in a couple of weeks ago to talk about this, and I'm kind of glad I waited since now it's topical. Okay. Let's top, talk about a stop and frisk. Okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, just kind of want to go over some general background for this. Um, stop and frisk is based on the court case Terry v. Ohio, which allows police officers the ability to do what's called like a non-invasive pat-down search. Mm -hmm. Uh, when they have reasonable suspicion to do so. Excuse me. Uh, The difference here is normally if cops are going to do a search of someone, they need probable cause, which Mm -hmm. is a much higher level of legal justification than reasonable suspicion would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the court found that they're allowed to use reasonable suspicion in order to protect officer safety. Now, the cops decided that this was a really cool loophole and everything is now an officer safety search. Right. Yeah. I guess I, I I don't fully understand. I have not read the case and I probably should go do that. Um, uh, because of Bloomberg, the Bloomberg revelations, the Bloomberg (laughs) tape this week, but can you explain, are there any limitations on what that reasonable suspicion might be in this context? So reasonable suspicion is a very low, well, it's a low standard of legal justification mm-hmm. um, using a DUI as an example. Uh, if a cop is driving down the road, sees someone swerving between lanes for five, 10 seconds, they've mm-hmm. got reasonable suspicion that the driver may be impaired. They are not allowed to arrest the driver at that point, but they are allowed to stop that driver, make contact. Uh, probable cause would be if the driver gets out and they're slurring their words, they smell of alcohol, they've right. got a beer in their fridge or beer in the on the uh, in the dash. So so what would it look like in the context of, say, a stop and frisk in New York City, which is what Bloomberg is uh, facing controversy for right now? Like, w- let's say cop gets 
uh, or the police get called because there's a robbery suspect who fits X description. You see guy who fits X description. That's probably reasonable suspicion. That what might it, actually be probable cause. Okay. Uh, so it says, but, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well I, yeah, I, well, I guess that's what I'm, it, could reasonable suspicion just be like, I saw a guy. I'm not even looking for a guy specifically, but I just think this random guy. Essentially, yes. The, the okay. original Terry v. Ohio was there's a police sergeant and I'm I'm going to shorthand this thing. But the officer sees three guys in an area known for high crime and they are, in his words, acting suspiciously. He approaches hmm. them um, and does a pat down for them uh, and he finds a bulge that feels like a weapon and yeah. proceeds to remove that. Uh, and it is it is a gun. The suspects argued that that was an invasion of their Fourth Amendment rights, um, and he argued he had reasonable suspicion that they were do some, doing it, doing something, mm. and that as a result of that, he could do the pat-down. From there, he had probable cause because he felt a gun, and it's like, okay, yeah, a gun feels like a gun. That's how, I mean, if that's all that's going on, just a guy looks like he's doing something suspicious. This sounds uh, a little, uh, yeah. I, I know that, I know that this has been through the, the, you know, court scrutiny so far, but if this is the standard, it's not I have to enough. look at this a yeah. little more closely. And I want to talk about what Bloomberg said on Sunday for sure. Um, but this sounds a little constitutionally suspect to me. Essentially, it feels like the Tenth Amendment argument all over again. They have the Tenth Amendment, and then they said, by the way, there's interstate commerce, and you can regulate that. And suddenly, mm -hmm. everything was interstate commerce. Yeah. Uh, you give the government a loophole, and they'll turn it into a highway. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's a case of that. All right, anything else you want to say about the topic before we let you go? Uh, not on topic, but I do have reasonable... Uh, belief that we are have are getting breaking news from our correspondent in Beijing in MCNN. Yeah, I know. I see that's coming up next, but I didn't know. Actually, don't know who this person is. Apparently, we have someone else joining the network. You will see. All right. All right. That's all. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. To the live chat. First of all, I'm very tired. I know. I know. Everybody's like, "You look like shit." Blah, blah, blah. But my hair is wet. It's not greasy. Mm. Just FYI, everybody. Chill all right. Out. MCNN Beijing. Maybe we'll get a coronavirus update. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what this is how's about. your health? This is MCNN Beijing Bureau, your most trusted name in news, which honors the glorious reader. The health department has released new numbers for COVID-19, also known as the Wuhan coronavirus. New number of infected, zero. New number <laughs> yeah. of deceased, zero. Yeah. Xi Jinping has also announced today that he has managed to bring back from the dead almost 300 great patriots. Wow. The city officials in Wuhan are also happy to report that there are no new bodies being burned in the forest outside <laughs> Wuhan. This is a ride. In stock market news, China number one. The state also reports that the imperialist illegitimate governments of USA and Taiwan are near collapse due to stress of coronavirus. Uh -huh. This has been your news bulletin from Matt Christensen News Network, Beijing Bureau. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> I like it. He's already... He's already out of here. Yeah, very efficient. What is it now? Sixty-five thousand. I saw forty-five. I don't. I mean, who knows, man? It's a lot. And if yeah. people didn't see, uh, and thanks to people who sent me this article, yeah, there's a suspected coronavirus case in Bozeman, okay. down at the hospital. So is it, it a maybe the guy? I, it's a guy who ch traveled frequently to China. They, they didn't mention the identity of the person. So I don't know, but the Chinese might get me, man. 
That'll suck if that's how I go down. Coronavirus. I was reading some story about this guy who, as soon as he heard, he was living in Wuhan and he wanted to study in the United States. And as soon as he heard about the lockdown, he uh, like got in the back of, like surreptitiously got in the back of a truck going to Shanghai and went to Shanghai. Like you, piece of shit. Wow. I think we'll, we're supposed to get information on Friday about whether the guy has coronavirus or not. So I should know by Let's Sunday see. if the there's coronavirus in my weeks, town. Right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Egrin, you're good to go if you're ready. Hello there. Uh, question one. Have you ever read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three at all? Nope, but I should have. Uh, probably not. I, that I sounds say... like some college stuff maybe I, I might have read, but I don't remember. I would say it's a good recommendation. Uh, basically, the title of that one is Everything Has Its Time. Mm-hmm. Second question, um, would you say, what is your short-term and long-term goal to es- essentially dissipate the, the Antifa nuisance? As in how, Wait, to, how do to do it? it? Uh, yes. Um, well, if like I- if I... If yep, I'm go. the mayor of Portland, uh, number one rule that I have is it, you're not wearing masks when you're protesting. And I don't consider that a free speech infringement. I think that's just a, a content neutral restriction. Um, so that's, that's the number one thing I would do. Even if you want to be hands off and mostly let people be as quote unquote free as possible, as the mayor says he is, removing masks at least allows these people to, to be identified after the fact if there is criminality. But... Uh, I would also be a little more proactive in so you have the police on the sidelines. I'm not saying the police should stop people from from exercising their First Amendment rights, of course. But the second you see these people getting violent, you get in there and you scoop up the violent ones. You don't watch from afar. OK, that's that's short term. What is the long term yeah. goal? Uh, long term um, widespread violation of people's constitutional rights and a gulag <laughs> style way of dealing with Antifa. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know what to do at this point. The mask thing is is going to be instrumental. And I think that, uh, that would take care of a lot of these problems long term. too. I somewhat disagree on that. We're at a point where fa- facial recognition is a, such a high point that yeah. I am. Yeah, fine maybe with, there might be some downsides to it. Yeah, uh, I to a point that these people will use the exact same tools against them. That, that's my concern with that uh my short-term and long-term goal on this is to have these i these ideas that antifa hold to be denounced by every governor every mayor every police officer hmm. as possible they don't respect long-term, authority figures that's not going to do anything well i understand that but the the i would say it, it's somewhat immediate but also we have to actually take a little bit of action actually run for mayor run for governor be a uh, get your black bachelor degree and become a police officer and actually say i'm taking responsibility and saying no this is wrong evil and injustice i think that and i think that's very admirable for people who decide to do that the other side of it is exactly what you're seeing in portland where they are having incredible difficulty recruiting quality police officer candidates because who wants to sign up for the same salary and benefits in portland when not only you're gonna have to deal with these degenerates but they'll probably target your family too if you in fact enforce the law upon them or you could go to rural oregon 
maybe an hour or two away, make basically the same money, at least adjusted for cost of living. You don't have to live and in Portland. And your family will be safe and you can live a nice, uh, you yes. know, a nice uh, rural life. That, that's the immediate goal. Second yeah. uh, long-term goal is you have to uh, train up a next generation. And that is a 10-year term campaign mm. to basically ch- train up an entirely new generation of patriotism, uh, intrinsic truth and values that people hold uh, commonality um, and people that actually believe in such things, ideas like absolute truth, things that we know we hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah. Yeah. How do you convince someone who doesn't believe in objective truth to just start believing? And that's a... (laughs) If you can persuade that person, uh, it, it, I I know it is a lot of people say is like how do I teach people a person good ethics and job? Mm-hmm. It it takes time, but granted, give them seventy chances, and in that seventy chances, they're not getting it. Move on to the next person. Hmm. I appreciate I, the I, thoughts. Any any final thoughts before we let you go? Um. Just. Briefly, what is your favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich? Oh. Yes. I like a good blat. What's that? Bacon, lettuce, tomato, avocado. Oh, avocado plus avocado. Yes. Um, I like uh I like it's weird, but I actually like cheesesteak but with chicken instead. You nice. get like chicken, cheese, peppers, all that melted together. That's, that's good stuff. Oh, a uh, Cuban. I like a good Cuban, yeah. 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 But I'm mm. uh, just going to read this briefly and just call it quits. Um, a time to lose and a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sue, and a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. Is that Mein Kampf or what are we reading here? <laughs> no, that's, that's Ecclesiastes. Ah, thank you. You never know. You never know on this show. You know, is I gotta, that the I Bible ask. or is it Mein Kampf? <laughs> no, that is the Bible. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Ooh, a soft-boiled uh, egg. Yeah, live chat's on it. Bacon, lettuce, cheese, avocado, and a soft-boiled egg. Oh, that sounds so good. Mm. I don't like boiled eggs. Or a monster. What about ramen? Uh no, I don't like ramen either. Ah, what? Yeah. There's like a ramen Rats. restaurant in town that I guess I'm supposed to go to, but Seattle has the best ramen place I've ever been to. It's called Danbo Ramen on Pike Street. If you live in Seattle, go there. It's amazing. Always filled with Asian people. Mm. Ramen is great, but it can be too creamy. That has happened. It can be too salty too. Matt, is that your experience? Is that it's too creamy? I don't know that I've like had really like high-end. artisan or quality ramen before. I mean, when I think ramen, it's usually like, um, uh, like the dollar store. kind. Yeah. Like the stuff that you just pour hot water into, like it's a backpacking food or oh, no. if you're right. a poor college kid, you eat it. You got to get that. Yeah. Those Japanese restaurants that serve one thing. Yeah. Just only ramen. Yeah. We have one of those in town. I just haven't visited. Sounds like you ate too much of the, uh, dollar store ramen hardly ever actually uh, it's just really? not my thing yeah it, i'm not a big like soup person i'm not a big uh 
what's the like Vietnamese kind of equipment? They call it like pho or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into it because I don't ever want to taste tripe. And anybody that eats the intestine of an animal and like really likes that subtle flavor of animal shit. I'm like, no, I'm, I can't get on board. With yeah. What's up? You couldn't have it possibly wanted to talk originally. about this. No, probably not. Uh, by the way, you both look beautiful tonight. Don't let anybody t- tell you otherwise. First of Thank all, Thank you. Uh, ch- choice of topics. Uh, caller is wrong about puberty blockers, or blonde is wrong about carnivore. Which one do you want to go with? Blonde is wrong about carnivore. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so uh, we are currently in an ice age this is uh the last one began uh, about three million years ago and and we're still in one and and as i said the oldest arrowheads are about 2.5 million years and there there are several instances of humans occupying very harsh climates where fruits and vegetables were uh, not available and where we didn't have the technology to produce them. And that is what has led to a lot of uh, us being intolerant to the natural antigens that that are produced by, by plants and can cause some people to have rather severe reactions that that is a non-standard situation in terms of evolutionary adaptiveness i mean we have evolved to eat a varied hunter-gatherer diet and Mm -hmm. we couldn't always get meat you would have a kill you'd eat it for a few days and then intermittently you gather nuts and berries and things like that i think we have evolved to eat dairy except for in geographical regions where um they don't I think the healthiest diet is probably ketogenic. We eat way too many carbs, way too many sugars. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just don't believe that we don't benefit as humans from the wealth of nutrients that exist in fruits, vegetables, and nuts. People should be eating a varied diet. So so what about the idea that you eat what the animals have already eaten and that's how you get the nutrients? Yeah, I mean, I'm just not seeing a lot of evidence that long-term exclusive meat eaters, especially that eat only beef, have better health. I mean, I'm hearing that it cures a lot of nebulous autoimmune disease and a bunch of horseshit like that. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of um, uh, the general population, I, uh, I just think that this is such a bullshit fat diet. Like Mediterranean diets and Japanese diets that are high in vegetables and that are high in um in seafood things like that those people consistently have the most centenarians the lowest rate of heart disease uh they have excellent longevity quality of life low rates of obesity good fertility if you really want to be truly healthy and you're and you're very worried about that and you want to eat a very diet then eat a mediterranean diet Right. Well, there, well, there is uh, very small cultures all over the world who do eat only meat, but there's such small population sizes. It yeah, is there's hard a to reason for that, data. though. A we can't, we can't that, extract that data from population. like these tiny Eskimo tribes and like weird African tribes and be like, this is totally what we're supposed to be doing as humans. Right. 
Well, I, I, I do, do want to make a recommendation to ch ch check out uh, Dr. Sh Sh Sean Baker, who who is one of the medical professionals who recommends this diet and has been on it for years and years. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye. Adult male content. We'll see if we get 20 minutes of circumcision talk. Let him hang out a second. He's still got his mic muted. I know a fat guy's up after that. But, oh, here we go. I Hello. Find him for a second. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hey, I'm on my laptop, so I'm not uh, screwing up the audio this time. Yeah, you're loud and clear. Awesome. So, uh, of course, I'm calling in to inform you guys about the uh, greatest form of medical fraud going on in our <laughs> culture. President. I was joking, but are we really? Are we going back to this? We never left until right. we stopped. Until we stopped doing it to ninety-three percent of uh, the little white boys in our country. Uh, Is it that high? Wow! Yes. I didn't know it was that yes. high. Um, overall, it's eighty-five percent, but that's because of immigrants coming into the country. Um, but for uh, like American-born whites, it's ninety-three. Uh, ninety-three percent. Hmm. So I have a little. A little. Uh, turn on my facts for you today. I'm going to give you a, a brief synopsis of a study on the effect on female pleasure with a uh, circumcised male. Okay. Um, male circumcision, the most commonly performed surgery in the USA, removes 33 to 50% of penile skin, as well as nearly all of the penile fine touch neuroreceptors. Um, I believe I told you about, about that before. The, 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 it's called the Meisner corpuscle nerves that are more, uh, more sensitive the lighter the touch you, you have, like on hmm. the, the border of your lips or in the center of your palm. The, the hmm. lighter stroke that you give it, the more sensitive it is. Well, uh, the, the finest touch nerve endings on our body are on our genitals, and all of those most sensitive nerves are removed um, by circumcision. And that was the uh, original purpose of circumcision. As I, as I told you last time I called in, um, the rabbis who invented the modern form, the, the punitive form of circumcision, intended this as a way to reduce your sexuality as a devotion to God and basically to get get it done quicker so you have more time and mental space to devote to hmm. god if you don't okay. have deep uh sexual uh psychedelic orgasmic experiences um you're not going to be as lustful at least that was the intent of, of hmm. this so so the results of the study were that um women were uh 50% uh, are twice as likely to reach vaginal orgasm with an intact, uncircumcised partner. That's um, not a thing. Uh, who who started this myth about well, vaginal orgasms? It's not a thing. Um, they just mean orgasm as uh, as stimulated through penis and vagina, as opposed to digitally um, or through the clitoris. Uh, wait, no. Is this... Also, not a thing. The G spot orgasm myth. <laughs> is this due strictly to? Uh, I'm trying to have this conversation as not as non awkwardly as possible, and I'm already failing. Sure. Is this just due to duration that you're able to sustain longer, and that's why, or is there some other factor? Um. So the the comparison is between um the cut and uncut, and men who um have 
their foreskin are able to last longer, but it creates a sort of a dragging as opposed to a direct friction. So mm. if you think of like a rope sliding across a blade, there's like this direct friction. But if you have a, um, uh, a, a sort of a barrier, a skin lubricating barrier, yeah. it creates yeah. this gliding um, sensation as opposed to just taut skin that you would have. Right. I'm with you, yet this is still making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, I, I can, I'm totally happy to give you the, um, the publication uh, like ID number. This is from uh, O'Hara from 1999. The name of the study is The Effect of Male Circumcision on the Sexual Enjoyment of the Female Partner. And it was published in the BJU International Journal um, in 1999. There's, I have I have other journal articles on this, but this was the first study of its kind to to study uh, this. Um, they also um, studied um, the complaints of discomfort or roughness. They also um, had the females uh, rate their partners on irritability, um, how, how how whether they had an afterglow during uh, after sex, and women who were with intact partners had a had a greater and longer afterglow they were also more likely to reach multiple orgasms um, men and women were created to fit together at their peak with this intimacy and circumcision was designed to affect that directly hmm. um, and so right. I'll, 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 I'll part you I'll part you with this this sure. quote this quote um, from from you, Matt, that you said that um, this is from uh, September, I think your Wednesday show, September 15th. Um, you said that you consider gender reassignment surgery mutilation. Um, and I'm still trying to get you to see that circumcision is a form of mutilation. I don't think that I've uh, offered any argument that this is uh, on principle, that there's not there's not a principled justification for this. Um, but 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 in terms of it being uh, evil and a mutilation, can I get you to admit that it is positively wrong? In the same way, I don't think you should be altering uh, a child's body absent immediate medical need regardless. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I consider this to be a uh, unique evil other than its extreme prevalence right now. You know what I mean? Like there are many ways you could do similar wrong to a kid. Yeah. So I don't want to say okay. that this is, this is special, but on so, principle. So it might be in the same category of um, raping a child or, I mean, this is permanently disfiguring <laughs> well, them. Well, I guess I, I'm not, I'm not sure why you, why you want me to assign a certain label to it. I oppose it on principle. Oh, mm-hmm. great. Because you, you, uh, I, I thought you were more middling, and that you said you weren't convinced necessarily either way. I'm proud. No, I'm maybe, proud, maybe you misinterpreted what I said. I don't think I've offered an affirmative defense of it. I've let this go um, on for too we, long. We, we've Thank joked you. about, we've joked about pretty dick and stuff in the past, but like, I, you'd have to, if you go, if you can go back and find an affirmative, sincere defense from me, uh, oh. I don't know when that date would be. If you have it, I. He's I'd come like around a bit too over the years. Yeah, sure. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having this awkward conversation. I know it's a it's a taboo, but we need to break through this taboo and, and stop doing this to kids. It's, it's not good for you. All the science that, that that is out there says this is totally wrong. And the studies that say that it's OK or helpful are total BS. And I'll break that down very easily. Thank yep. you again so much. Thanks. Bye.
Uh, let's see. I know a fat guy. Is, um, let's uh, actually we, we're due for a break. You want to take a quick break? Then we'll get to I know a fat guy. Sure. And load this page. It's taking forever to load. Do stream. Oh, there we go. Um, Synax says fourteen thousand new cases of Wu flu in one day. Don't worry about your family. We'll join you soon. Including still, one here. I'm still not super worried about this. And I'm a terrible hypochondriac. I don't know why I'm not that worried about it. Uh, well, um, I mean, if, I'm not, I'm not, not worried about it if it's in my town. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay, dads, Bear Nancy Pelosi is a C-U-N-T. Cunt? Is that what you're trying to say? But C-U-N-T. So. so it wasn't, you know. Uh, Dotson's rule. Um, blonde, don't feel bad. My hair looks like crap too. I'm not gratted to have some shekels. I'm sorry, guys. Sometimes on the Wednesday show, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to show up. Um, Eero burns marsh. If the first law is to survive and the second is to reproduce, why is a certain phrase with just more than 13 words so taboo? I'm with you there. I've always thought the 14 words were relatively uncontroversial. <laughs> well, um, they are. It is, it's interesting how they're only controversial with like one particular group. And um, what, what group is that? Yeah. I mean, well, I, one of the things I want to talk about on Sunday is this Scandinavian Airlines ad, too, <laughs> that I know just sent you. I up haven't the been wall. that mad. I don't even remember the last time I was that mad, but I, I was just seething. I could barely sleep. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. I don't consider myself to be like an identity centric person. It's not crucially important to me, but I understand why it is to other people. Mm. What bothers me is the fact that there's only one identity that is uniquely evil to have pride in or to want to preserve in any way. I mean, I disagree because I, 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 I reject the entire notion that white identity is a single umbrella term. There's so much diversity amongst white people and European cultures. Like, look at Poland versus you know italians or the french sure you would break it up into more of like national identity beyond yeah yeah like and that, that's where identity. i'm with e michael jones you know it's like like calling us all white people it's you know i i don't i don't particularly like that but it is so demonized and it's so are we going to talk about this on sunday oh i definitely want to talk about that ad yeah i mean it's i used so to preposterous watching a black person say my viking ancestors <laughs> like, can you even imagine if i came out and i'm like my african ancestors yeah. and like I moved to Copenhagen six months ago, so now I'm going to talk about my, my Viking, Viking heritage. I know. It's, yeah. just, it's just unbelievable. And it's yeah. like, what are these people trying to sell? Airline tickets? Uh, one messenger told me that it's, a, that it's government owned, that it's de like Denmark and Finland, Finland's government that owns that airline. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Oh, my God. But if um, people haven't seen this, we will talk about it on Sunday. It's basically just an ad that the, the premise is, what is Scandinavian? There's no such thing. We took all of what it supposedly is Scandinavian from other places. Right. And so you should travel to those other places and bring back all the good things from them because that's what Scandinavia is. Scandinavia is actually it's like so Africa and like Arabic influence. That's when in is. actuality it is um, an influential ancient culture with a deep and rich history. It's like, yeah, I mean, I saw that, people. I saw that ads and I saw that ad and I thought that's it. The snow apes are finally going to rise up. <laughs> we're, fi we're finally gonna 
stop. You know, we're, uh, that that's what's going to take. That's what it's going to take to turn me into Kevin Flanagan. Is more ads like that. Yeah. Now it, it is true that like as somebody who's as I said, that sort of thing is not that important to me. But the more crap I see like that, where you're telling me that there's no such thing as Scandinavian culture or heritage, the more interested I become in Scandinavian culture and heritage as somebody who is a descendant of that. Yeah, I I didn't care about any of this when my back wasn't against a wall. Yeah, you're telling me like, oh, no, your, your family that left Denmark, you know, came to this country. They they had nothing interesting about them. They had no value to them. They actually were pieces of shit who stole all their technology from, you know, from the Middle East and from Africa. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just so insane. I mean, yeah. and you guys really want to have a conversation about what other countries have taken from white cultures. How, I thought that was interesting, too. I'm not even saying that, like, uh, we all know the history of like the development of mathematics in the Islamic world way back in the day and that sort of thing. I'm not saying that there's no contribution from certain parts of the world, but the idea that Europe has contributed nothing to... Uh, I am. What okay. has any African nation contributed to any European nation Diamonds. besides massive amounts of immigration? Chemicals and uh, metals for your iPhone. Uh, <laughs> or resources. I mean, fine, but culturally, yeah. like I'm, I'm supposed to act like I'm, I'm culturally enriched. By- that's because we. That's because they're under the white thumb. They're all. They've been oppressed. Live chat says AIDS. Uh, true story. Yeah, that's, that's also true. No, that, and that's and that's the thing. It's like I, I think everyone has a right to be proud of their heritage. I'm tired of being told you suck because you're white, and that's what this was. Yeah, so you suck because you're or white. Now fly Scandinavian chat. air. Uh, that hasn't watched it. They took it down because they were just... No, it's back up now. They put it back up. That is astonishing. They privated it and unprivated it. They had 10,000 downvotes and 200 upvotes last time I checked. Anyway, it's It's worse than that now. S-A-S dash what is Scandinavia, isn't it? Yeah. Please Uh, watch it. Even pause the show to come watch it, to go watch it, because honestly, it's like... It brought me back to 2016 levels, like baseline levels of blonde rage. Like, I don't remember the last time I've been that mad about something. 48,000 down votes. (laughs) On two and a half, 2.2 thousand up. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, anyway, um, we're already... We gotta move on. We gotta keep it moving. Oh, last one, sorry. Um... I'm a student nurse and your show gives me something to listen to while I drive several hours a day for school. Thank you. And have a few bucks. Thank you so much for listening to the Wednesday show, which by any measure just sucks. This show just sucks. <laughs> you can't say that because that's that's not nice to our callers. No, I love our callers. But yeah. if I had to listen to the show, I'd be like, I, you know, I've never listened to the Wednesday show back one time. Periodically, Do you listen, I listen back to the Sunday show? Uh, every once in a while, you know, if something goes really badly and I feel like, I did a bad job or I didn't argue something properly or I said something hmm. incorrectly, then I'll listen back to the show. And I always find that it doesn't go as badly as I thought it did when I listen back to it. Um, I don't know. Self, self-evaluation in that way is very difficult. I do it about once every three months. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I don't frequently listen back to the show unless there are like the, this I've been revisiting, revisiting shows with the technical problems on YouTube. Cause hmm. that's pissed me off. Um, but the thing that, the thing that makes it tough for me too, is like being so algorithmically suppressed by YouTube. I try to, I know it's not a good thing, but I find that like constantly revisiting my content, I'll get discouraged by like diminishing returns in terms of statistical performance. And I don't want to get bogged down by that. I just want to focus, stay the course, keep producing, 
I don't want to get discouraged by Susan's numbers meddling. So that's one thing I try to keep my eyes away from too. Yeah. You do a good job at that. Um, We've got a bunch, but we can serve real quick over on D live. Mr. Spry guy says you really can't say much with only 50 characters. That's true. I suppose. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's it for now actually. So thanks for supporting the show over on D live guys. Let's get back to callers. I know a fat guy is up next. I know a fat guy you're good to go if you're ready. Oh, Hey, yes. I got two questions for you. Sure. Right. Okay. Question one, Trump, uh, just proposed his budget. Everyone's freaking out, but no one should care. When was the last time Congress passed the budget? Uh, I actually don't know. I couldn't tell you that. They, they, Wait, in its in its suggested form, they no. they've kept yep. doing this extension thing, right? They keep just buying yep. time. Yep, two thousand and six. I had to look it up. Oh my I god! Oh, it was two thousand and six, eh? Yeah, they've done continuing resolutions. Yeah, there so. was no budget ever passed in the entire Obama presidency. Nope, never was. Passed. I guess that makes always, sense. Yep, continuing resolutions. The second yeah. question is obviously hypothetical. What do you think the campaign would like and what would it be like in initial presidency if Bernie Sanders won the nomination? What do I think the campaign will be like? Yeah. Uh, cut out. I didn't hear half that. Yeah, the question kind of cut out if you want okay. to repeat it real quick. What would you think the campaign would be like in a beginning presidency if Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders won? Um, well... The campaign will be hilarious, no doubt. Like Trump and Bernie battling it out on stage, uh, I think will be pretty funny. But in terms of like beyond the comedy and the political implications, I don't think a Bernie Sanders nomination happens without a serious third party run. Like a Mike, you know, Michael Bloomberg, whoever. Maybe it's Tulsi. There are there's enough um, independent people and enough pushback to like the socialist wing of the party that I just don't see it happening without a serious third-party contender, which, of course, works to Trump's favor even beyond Bernie's socialist tendencies. So I think Bernie's nomination is an almost certain loss for the Democrats. Uh, But let's say he does pull a miracle and he wins. uh, I think that you would see... I guess it depends on the Congress that he gets. But if there's if there assuming there's no supermajority in the Senate and Republicans hold on to some semblance of power, you're going to see just stonewalling on everything. I don't think I don't think anything would get done and you would see a test of uh, executive power under comrade Bernie Sanders running the country. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You disagree with any of that or you have a different forecast? Well, I think it would be hilarious, but I also think there'd be a lot of violence between Mm. uh, Bernie supporters and Trump supporters. Mm. Uh, I think just Bernie's people are so crazed up. They like actually go that far. So I think you'd see a lot of like combat on like campuses and voter registrations places. Mm. I think if he were to win the presidency, you'd probably see the country or even took office. Sorry, you cut out a little bit. What would happen? Country would. Oh, recession. Yeah, for sure. I, like I said, I, (laughs) I'm buying gold. If Bernie Sanders is anywhere close to the presidency, I am not going to hold cash or stock assets. Yep. He's going to go against gas. So gas prices will skyrocket for sure. And everyone will sell stocks because he's going after wall street. So basically guaranteed recession, a pretty bad one too. That could be your collapsitarian vote. I guess. Could you imagine? I mean, to your point, can you imagine the sell-off the day after? Yeah. Holy cow. That would be a disaster. Yep. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. My final point. You know, Bernie Sanders has a jobs guarantee. 
but I thought black people didn't like picking cotton. Oh my god. What's expecting that? <laughs> okay, that's all. He's he's saying it. Well, all right. I actually that's a <laughs> Actually, I'm trying to dissect the punchline there to figure out exactly what he meant. All right. Whatever. Uh, sorry, Susan. Thanks for keeping us on the air, I guess. Oh, oh, baby's kicking me right in the vag. Raggle Fraggle's up oh. next. Raggle, you need to go. Hey, what's up, guys? What's on your mind? How much are you? Uh, not too much. So every time I hop into, the, into your guys' live chat, they <laughs> like to welcome me with... Uh, that I just got out of Fraggle Rock. Do you guys know what that is? Fraggle Rock? Yeah, wasn't it like some kids thing back in the early 90s? I don't know. I was born in 89, so it was probably before my time. Uh, let me see. I think I'm thinking I'm... of like Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, okay. It was some weird Muppet show in the early 80s. A hmm. Jim Henson show. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, I didn't get it. So I'm going to tell the story of how I got my username. All right. Uh, so I want you to see if you can remember way back when. I'm talking like 2006, 2005, back before YouTube was uh, before it was owned by Google. Um, there is a video called Halo versus Counter Strike, and hmm. one of the scenes where the guy that's playing Counter Strike tries to knife uh, Master Chief in the back. Uh, he yells out Raggle Fraggle as a war cry or some shit. So that's where hmm. it comes from. But if you want to see, like, if you want to see what old YouTube videos look like, look that one up because that yeah. is in its prime. Yeah, everything's super low res. And I, I didn't. Uh, no, no, are it you... was animation. It was, it was pretty decent, but it's jumpy as shit. It's fun. You're talking like, yeah, and there was like red versus blue and stuff way back then. Right. Like original right. red versus blue. I didn't uh I didn't take you for much of a gamer guy, or I don't know if you are. Maybe you just like that content. Oh, I remember red versus blue. I used to be pretty into gaming, but then over the years I've fallen out of it. Hmm. You know. And it just kind of grew. Yeah. Responsibilities, stuff to do. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Besides, yeah. you can shoot guns all you want in games. Shooting them in real life is way more fun. Why not both, though? Why That's not true. both? They're mutually yeah. exclusive. <laughs> I guess. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Anything else right. in your mind? Uh, well, I haven't done a gun of the week in a while. And since SHOT Show just passed, uh, yeah. I guess I'll drop one on y'all. So okay. this week is going to be the Altor Pistol. A-L-T-O-R. I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I can I can take this. I actually saw the uh the um gun collective episode about this thing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting as shit though? It kind of reminds me of the Liberator pistol kind. I still don't really get it. I was kind of half paying attention when I had the video out in the background. But it, yeah, I mean John was describing it as like someone who doesn't understand guns described a gun to their drunk fa- friend and they drew a picture of it, and that's what this it's, thing looks like. It looks like a uh a garden hose nozzle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, man, it's just... But I don't understand it. It's like... uh, So it's like one shot, and then the safety, you actually, like, twist the barrel or something. I don't understand what its purpose is. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just for fun. I mean, and think about it this way. If you remember what the Liberator pistol was for, it's so you sneak up behind somebody, pop them in the back of the head, take their gun, because it's better than the one you have. I thought the point for. of the Liberator was like that it was three 3D printed, basically. No, no, that's the new one. I'm talking no. about the old World War II one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So in that context. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, weird gun. How much do these cost? I don't. I don't even know. I don't remember. I don't even know. Uh, did he say it on the uh, gun? Card? I didn't it catch like... it. I also saw the yeah. Yeet Cannon up episode, and uh... oh, are they actually releasing it? Because well, he had it, it at Shot Show, but uh, they're not for mm-hmm. sale yet. But for two hundred bucks, I feel like it's my duty as a member of the community to pick up a Yeet Cannon. Amen. I'll probably get one. Wait, does it come in forty-five? I think it's only nine. Why see nine? Is all I've seen. But okay. if they release in forty-five, I'm getting one. Huh? Or do you do you carry forty-five? I don't know if I've ever asked you. Um, I alternate between forty-five and nine mil. What do you carry for forty-five? Uh, <laughs> I'm probably gonna get shit in this from somebody in the chat. Well, every no matter what you carry, everyone's like, "Oh, that's shit." Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is the Springfield XDS. I didn't even know they made that in forty-five. Yeah, and it's it's quite snappy. Hmm. It's a polymer gun that's incredibly short and incredibly small. So, yeah, yeah. Do it's you fun, uh, what? What's uh? What's your? Well, I'll have to let you go quickly. But what's your reasoning on carrying forty-five over nine? I'm just no matter what forty-five I ever shoot, I'm a much worse shot with forty-five in all circumstances. Even if it's an all-metal gun. Yeah, pretty much. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I only have. I only own one forty-five though. Oh, well, there's your problem. You need to try something better. Well, I've, I've never shot, uh, I've never shot something that's like designed to be a carry 45. I've only shot like full size 45s. Mm, Okay. Okay. Well, this was my first carry gun and I was hooked on 45. And, uh, as one guy put it, if you're going to limit yourself on what you're going to carry, like numbers wise, then you want to stack it with something as hard hitting as possible. Hmm. So, I mean, 45 plus PMO, is, it'll do the job. All right. For sure. I've always just subscribed to the philosophy of, you know, landing the shot matters more than what the shot is. Oh, and sure. given, given my, like, total incompetence with 45 whenever I shoot it, I'm just like, well, I'm definitely not carrying this in addition to its general bulk and weight and all that. But, um, but yeah. Oh, dude, I carry, when I, when I open carry, I carry a Browning High Power. It's mm. hard to get heavier than that. Well, all right. Yeah. Blonde's giving me the signal. We got to let you go. But all right. Good night, guys. Thanks, man. You should carry 45, Blonde. <laughs> I can't believe I have four and a half months of this left. <laughs> Go this for Papa Palpatine. You're at the halfway mark, huh? Uh, a little over. Yeah. yeah. Palpatine. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. You're actually coming through my speakers, which is weird. Uh, sounds good to me though. As long as there's no feedback and I don't hear any. No, I mean, I can hear you fine. I'm going through my mic, but I can't hear him. A headset. It doesn't matter. Uh, ah, so I see. Blonde, uh, ruined my life basically. Oh, I'm sorry, but also no, you didn't. Intrigued. Ru- no, you didn't ruin my life. Uh, what you did is ruin my day because of course, sheer morbid curiosity led me to look up the video of the dog and the, I, uh, the barbecue dog at the Chinese oh, market. Oh no! Did you don't. did it? I told you guys not to look it up. Uh, well, yeah, I more, I like I said, morbid curiosity. No man. I don't know if I could do that, man. I, it I came up on a feed of mine, no. and I was super pissed. Here's here. Well, here's the thing. There's a reason why I looked it up, and it was basically to uh, self radicalize. Essentially, I've been having like a real, uh, real issue with. Uh, with China the over the last few years, <laughs> Chinese people specifically. Here's the thing: I don't hate Asians. I really don't. Like, I love Hong Kong. I love but, the culture that came out of Hong Kong. You know, but, J- Japan is great. 
I'm a weeb, right. total weeb. But I just I read like there's no, like there's nothing good about Chinese culture, absolutely nothing good about it. It's got some cool history, but I mean, look, but I mean, modern Chinese culture, like look at what them. about what, the what? fireworks? Uh, <laughs> yeah, those were invented like three thousand years ago. I'm like modern Close, Chinese sweet. culture is communism and cooking dogs alive. Yeah, I'm way more intrigued with Japanese culture. Um, and then, and I also have had, had like a lot of Korean friends my whole life, a lot of Korean and Japanese friends, but very few it's, Chinese. It's friends. funny. I've, I've told, uh, wait, 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 so, wait, wait, let me get this straight though. Just so I understand the, the reasoning here, your developing, uh, animosity for Chinese culture led you to watch this dog barbecue video to like to to amplify the hatred basically no i mean i mean i guess so, no it, it was it, i didn't think it wasn't like that wasn't the 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 pathway in in my mind at the time it was just she said this thing existed i just couldn't help myself i'm my uh my my friend my my best friend who red pilled me is uh he uh he he always loves to point out how self-destructive i am but rather than mm. self-mutilate i depress myself by looking at things like that and I, I it's, well, it's, a, it's impulse. There's something to be said for that. It's the same reason I've watched some of the you know, some of the worst violence the world has to offer is because I want to know what evil exists in the world. That but is man, not why we do it. Well, the thing with the thing with dogs, I don't I don't know if I can I don't know if I can watch that. Like, no, I, seriously, I, I can watch somebody like get beheaded, but yeah. you throw a dog on a barbecue, and I'm like, we should. Yeah. Move See, I, I come country. from a, a a very dog, uh, a very like dog friendly family. My uncle raised gold retrievers. My mom rescued and fostered dogs my whole life. I've I've assisted her delivering I don't know a thousand puppies over the years. I've yeah. bottle fed puppies that like I am. They're so such, sweet I, and I, I, innocent, I, you know. I cut for dogs really, really, really hard. And it's just, it was like, I don't know. Yeah. It was the straw that kind of broke the camel's back for me. And I'm just at this point now where I'm just like, you know what? Park three aircraft carriers out on the Gulf or out in the, in the sea between China and Japan, 24 seven drone strikes, just level the whole damn thing and then give, give it to the Japanese and the, and the people from Hong Kong. They can figure that shit out. I just, these people disgust me. Like they really, really do. And I, I don't like feeling this way, but I just, mm. I, uh, nothing good has come out of China in what? A hundred years. Well, communism will do it. Yeah, I just they're, likes like Panda Express. Yeah, Panda, like, that's true. You got to be fair. Panda Express is pretty legit. Yeah, and then the the Winnie the Pooh memes about President Xi. I guess that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Panda Express is straight from Shanghai too, or Beijing. Oh yeah, that's too. that's the most authentic of authentic yeah. Chinese. It food. embodies just every element of traditional Chinese culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just, right. uh, Panda my, Express my, was a Ming Dynasty creation. Didn't if they? Panda Express was smart, they'd troll a little bit with their uh, fortune cookies. Like, you know, they'd, they'd make coronavirus jokes jokes in there or something. Like, try a bat in your soup next time. Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> my friend that I was telling you about that red-pilled me, he, uh, he's gay, and his boyfriend uh, is from Hong Kong. He's here for college. Yeah. And uh, he, he tells me about, like, how people in Hong Kong just, just – like nobody eats animals in Hong Kong. Like eat dog. Well, they eat animals, but I mean they don't eat dogs and cats. He's like they make fun of mainlanders for doing that shit. Hmm. I've heard like, the same thing about Shanghai. Yeah, the, the like the bat, like the bat soup kind of stuff. Like pretty much everything that's been going on with coronavirus. Like Chris will tell me this is the the, the boyfriend. He'll tell me that like oh this this is this like only only poor mainlanders do that stuff. And I'm just like yeah, but isn't everyone on the mainland poor? <laughs> yeah, the old right. three squeaks. There's another one nobody should look up. I don't yeah, want to know I'm what not that is. Look that one up. We gotta, we gotta keep it going. But, uh, but thank you, That's man. Fair. Appreciate it. No problem. Take it easy, guys. Although, 
if Caesar, I could throw Caesar on a barbecue. <laughs> He's had a good run. Uh, I see Kevin is up next, but Kevin, I don't see you in the waiting rooms. So Kevin, if you want to hop in, if you can still hear me, uh, hop in one of the waiting rooms. I'll grab you in a bit. The Spiffy Shark is up after that. Spiffy Shark, you're good to go. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Well, Living uh, the dream. I'm just trying to forget thoughts of barbecued dogs in my head. So what do you got? Uh -oh. oh yeah. Well, real quick before I go. Um, yeah. Don't, don't look up three squeaks. What is it? Tell, can okay. you tell me what it is? Okay, real okay. quick. Yeah, it's it's like basically this plate of like baby mice that have been oh. like drugged or they're like drunk or something. But they are and alive. So, yeah, they're completely alive. Yeah. So what they do is like they call it three squeaks because when you pick it up with the chopsticks, it squeaks. Dip it in the sauce, it squeaks a second time, and then you eat it. Oh, God. And that's the third squeak. No chewing either. I've seen a bunch of these videos, and they just like let them crawl down their Chinese throats. It's, like, the most horrifying it's thing disgusting. Ever. It's absolutely. So you guys disgusting. have heard what it is. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. It's bad. It's God, is it weird that um, a lot of this? Why is it that a lot of the, this animal stuff? bothers me similarly or maybe worse than some of the the horrendous human violence i've seen because animals Why is that? don't have human capabilities for evil and violence yeah but like there's I'm nothing talking... inherently bad you know I and suppose. it's our responsibility who was it was it gandhi that said that like you can judge a culture by how they treat their animals and, and i think hmm. there's truth to that you know like i am a meat eater but because it's healthy and good for me um, there's certainly but, I, I don't think meat is inherently unethical either i don't know i think it probably is but i hmm. do it anyway because of the health benefits but i i don't like factory farming i think that we should try sure. to do this in a better way a more hmm. ethical way i don't want to hijack spiffy sharks call <laughs> entirely I don't, whatever you want to talk about man Actually, Matt, I wanted to I wanted to take a minute and I want to talk about like your video that you released on Saturday about Pelosi ripping the speech up. Oh, sure. And like, um, kind of just tell tell like my story about that situation. Kind of yeah, like how yeah. you how you went onto Twitter and like expressed your outrage about it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like I kind of did the same thing, except in my general area, Facebook is is the main way that we communicate with the, with each other. Yeah. So like, I went on Facebook and I like a like voiced my outrage for it or mm -hmm. not really outrage more of just like disgust at it you know yeah uh, of course that like led to the immediate outrage mob <laughs> on my yeah. on my like facebook profile and it, it it got so it got so bad to the point where it's like someone actually accused me of being racist because i wouldn't condemn trump for <laughs> giving the medal to rush limbaugh Reasons though, like, I don't participate in Facebook these days. Yeah, I know. It's like I. So for a little bit of time, I thought I was just gonna like you know eat myself off of Facebook. I guess that's what the kids do nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like, but I, I remember. I'd, so I went back and I deleted that old post. So I was just like, I'm not gonna sit there with like someone trying to insinuate that I'm a racist. Like, just just sitting there for the entire world to see. So I so I went back in and I cleaned out my friends list and then I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I missed some people. So I put up another post just saying like, you know, I'm I'm gonna vote for Trump in November and you can you guys can just deal with it. Lost like another ten friends because of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well anyone I mean yeah. honestly, anyone who would delete you over that is not really your friend. If I went on there and someone posted I'm voting for Bernie, deal with it, I would go I do okay. not care about this. Yeah, I think it just goes to show like the the 
I, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it just, it, but, yeah. I think maybe the route you're going is, is it, it's such a grotesque, weird inversion of priorities in this country where exactly. who you're voting for president is more important than family or friend relationships. And it, it's really a reflection of the inversion of, um, of, of where government power should be concentrated to. We've, we've cultivated a culture where president of the United States matters most. Everyone cares about it the most. It has the most power. It does all the things. That's backwards. We Nobody should care who's voting for whom. That person shouldn't have much power over your day-to-day. And certainly you shouldn't care more than you care about your friends or your family or anything like that. It's it's total insanity. But that's the right, world we like, live in right now. Like, I, I try to pay as close attention to, like, my local and state elections as, as I can. Like, for like I live in Alabama, and I'm just – I'm not a fan of Alabama's governor, even mm. though she's a Republican. It's just, like, I think she's just completely out of her mind. So it's like sure. – I'm just trying to figure out like, okay, what's a better alternative? You know, that's my dilemma with, with, with like state government right now. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I think it's just, I think it's just pathetic that like people will actually like, you know, want to just completely disassociate with, with you just because like you plan on voting for someone that they don't vote for or they, that they don't intend on voting for. Yeah, it, it's so, madness, man. It's, yeah. you, it goes to show it's the most important thing in their life. That is the most important thing in their life is adherence to their political worldview. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Oh, re- real quick before I go, one more yeah. thing. Uh, go see Sonic the Hedgehog this weekend. Support <laughs> a studio that actually listens to its fans. Well, there is that angle, and I kind of want to see it, but on the other on the other side of it, I don't want to support Jim Carrey because he's such a piece of shit these days yeah. on Twitter. Eh, I, so I mean, like, I'm, I love Sonic. Like, I played it all when I was growing yeah. up, so I'm definitely going to see it. So, all right. Especially Maybe, since they fixed it. I want to see the original version though, where it was all shitty. Oh, yeah. that would be so creepy, though. Yeah. That'd be so all right. Weird. Well, thanks, man. All right. Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Okay, we're, we'll take a break here, and then we'll get back to our last segment of callers. These are sneezed in my mouth. That was a pain. Sneezed in your mouth. I was like, Ooh, I love you so much. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> we're good on, uh, on Streamlabs. Eric Hall, uh, I just We're good wa- on DLive as well. Oh, I didn't interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to say I was offended. Last call-in show when Blonde said the name Eric is douchey. I'm 6'3 and have a beard, although I'm half ginger. The beard. I like Not that really name. offended. Eric with a K, you know what that is? That's Scandinavian heritage, which yeah. is a real thing. Whatever, Eric. What the airlines say. He should ch- legally change his name to Bjorn. Hmm. That's what I'm saying, Eric. <laughs> Although a uh, height above six feet does ensure that you are more a morally upright and good person. That's all the <laughs> There's never been a tall criminal. There's never been a tall criminal. Um, yeah. Just in case, all that talk about John Thomas equal time to discuss the puss, the poos. What was I in the bathroom during something? Uh, are we talking about John Thomas? Or are we talking about? I don't know. Discuss. Hmm. I was thinking maybe the circumcision talk. Is that what he's talking about? That is absolutely what he's talking about. Oh. Uh, between my pregnancy brain and your naivete, I I don't know really how much we can decipher okay. super chats. Um, nobody wants to talk about vaginas. Uh, Lars and Rune. No, no, thank you. Um, Maggie Ellis. I'm behind in the stream, but the guy talking about female pleasure with uncircumcised is 100% correct. Hmm. Also, the G spot is not a myth, dear blonde. It is. Every time I have read or like heard about this mythical G spot orgasm, there has been some element of clitoral stimulation. 
I, I just I just don't believe this. Women need clitoral stimulation to have orgasms. The same person that perpetuated this also told everybody that women like anal sex. It's all a lie. Hmm. That was a joke. I mean, I'm serious about it, but it was also well. That that's what the person said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's no. perpetuating these myths about female sexuality and destroying it for the rest of women. But hmm. DSA Kevin Flanagan. Okay, uh, brainlet take on white culture. Ping. It's possible to have multiple layers of classification. Terriers exist. Existing doesn't mean dogs don't exist as a group. Racial and national cultures are both real. I I agree with that. Yeah. Um. I mean. But I think there's more nuance to it than that. Sure. You're very proud of your uh, bad eating people. I know. God damn it. <laughs> Keith Johnson, Jared Taylor versus E. Michael Jones, May 2nd. Who you got? Um, what are they debating? Like the existence and not the existence of, but the. Um, I don't want to mischaracterize this. Uh, the influence and cultural importance and moral importance of race and probably IQ. Really? I would have, I don't know that much of either guy. I've heard them in some discussions, but I would, I would have guessed that they would mostly agree on that kind of issue. No, E. Michael Jones uh, was always talking about how uh, Catholicism, if he, he said before that if Catholicism existed in Africa for a millennia, that it would be just like Europe. Hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, Jose Dirt. <laughs> Male circumcision is mutilation. I don't think that caller was a troll. I think it's a tragedy. No one wants to talk about it. Everything that last caller said was true. Love you guys. No, he's not. He's not trolling. He's at not all. trolling. No. Yeah. And this is a good time for me to hype on Motherland. Um, the documentary creator for a film on circumcision will be on the show in the next week. We've been having some scheduling problems, but that is coming up. And I will post a link on my gab and Robin Riley will post it on her Twitter once we get something hammered down and then you guys can come and hang out. So more dick talk. Although I do get emails all the time. It's like, stop with this circumcision talk. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, uh, Jose Dirt also said red pill male circumcision is a face cream racket. Face cream racket. That one's a little, that one's over my head, I guess. Ceviche Karnikov. Hmm. Uh, no, no. Thank you, sir. Sir. Probably. PG Safe says, blonde, check white oak pastures plus regenerative agriculture. I don't know what that is, but I will try to Google it. Um, H. Tet Shrine, they aren't phased while eating dogs because according to Buddhism, one of, one of the punishment for bad karma is to be turned into an animal. Well, wouldn't that so make them want to treat dogs better? Well, not if it was bad people who turned into dogs, then it's good that they're being punished, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess that, that would be the reasoning, I think. All right, let's, uh, we got plenty of callers left, so keep me on the clock here. Let's make sure we use our time well. Let's see, Critter Killer is up first. That's a good name for tonight's topics. Critter Killer, you barbecue any dogs lately? No, I have not. <laughs> I just had to mute the stream real quick. Um, just sure. one quick thing. I swear I saw Tales from the Intellectual Dark Web after me, but I don't see it in the roll caller anymore, but he is in a waiting room. So I just um, I don't, I would assume that it, I don't see it in the roll call anymore. So I just go by what I see in the roll call. Maybe he deleted it because he had to take off or something like that. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so I'm uh, I live in Colorado right now, and I'm considering around June or so. Or not June. Yeah, June. Moving, and I'm torn between either Texas or Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go to Montana, it would be either in Billings, Kalispell, Missoula, or Great Falls, because that's where the company I work for now has places. Uh huh. I'm just Are trying you... to get an idea of which do you think, like, how is Montana and those towns specifically? Uh, Missoula would be my la- last pick on the ranking. That is uh, kind of the leftist haven of Montana. Really? I guess okay. I did. Yeah. Uh, so that would be last. Let me phrase this properly, though. Or, or frame this properly. I would rather live pretty much anywhere in Montana than most other states. And that includes right. Missoula and places that I'm not a fan of, or at least less of a fan of. So I would not say, Oh, never moved to Missoula. It's a terrible place. No, it's Fair just enough. like they, they, they tried to ban, they tried to institute uh they, they just had a battle at the state Supreme court because they were trying to um, have universal background checks within Missoula city limits, crap like that, you know? Okay. So they do weird stuff like that. Uh, so Missoula would be my lowest, uh, my highest on that list would be Billings and my mom works in Billings and I went to high school South of Billings in a place called Red Lodge, like a ski town. Uh, great thing about Billings is you're about an hour out of some of the most pristine wilderness, not just in Montana, but in the country, in the Beartooth wilderness, the highest mountain range in the state. Very cool. But Billings is also, um, more reliably conservative. It's the biggest city in the state. So there's a lot of opportunity. Cost of living is low. Uh, and the economy is, is doing overall very well. So although, although okay. if you have a company that you're working for, maybe that's less of a consideration, but, well, um, I'd have to get hired on by them cause it's mm. kind of, it's a dealership car dealership. I see. Ah. Like four I, so you couldn't move to Idaho. I mean, I, Idaho could be a consideration. I just have to figure out where the dealers are for the yeah. company. I mean, my, honestly, my fiance and I have talked about moving to Billings just cause you can you can get really nice houses there for comparatively little money. So oh, fair enough. Uh, Billings, Billings would be my highest. What are your other options? I'll just rank them quickly. Well, I was just thinking maybe Texas. Uh, I but as far as in in Montana, uh, in Montana, those are the only. Uh, it was Kalispell and uh, Great Falls. Uh, Kalispell and Great Falls are I have less experience with, but they're both they're both fine as far as I under, as I've been to both. It's been a little while okay. and I don't hang out right. frequently in both, but uh, I would, I would rather move to either than Missoula. Okay. All right. I'll definitely keep that in mind. Thank you. And, yeah. Good uh, luck. One man. more quick question. Sure. Where's the best place to find fountain pens? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's probably a, a chat somewhere in our server to ask the right people that question. I don't know. Right. Blonde and I have, have no special knowledge. Oh, well, have a good night, Matt. Yeah. He's blonde. And good luck if you uh, if you decide on the move. Thank you. Righteous Path is up next. Technically, you yes. You're up, Righteous Path. What's on your mind? Oh, hey, I have been following you guys for a while. Big fan. Um, oh, well, thanks. Blonde, I have been paying particular attention to kind of your religious journey. And I wanted to ask you, have you ever been into meditation? Um... I try because I, I've been recommended to do this by all sorts of people, but I have very bad anxiety and it's really hard to be alone with my own thoughts. 
Every time I try to meditate, I just end up turning on like the world's goriest true crime podcast. It's it's really bad. But I know if I can master this, then maybe I can master the anxiety. I had the same issue when I got started. I had a lot of kind of low-level anxiety. It made it really tough to sit. So I empathize yeah. with you. Um, the reason I ask is because once I got past that, and it took a few months, um, before I was really able to start kind of reliably clearing my mind, then I started to have these kind of mystical experiences that I really couldn't explain and actually played a large role towards making me not an atheist. Like mm. I, I became yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, just kind of look at the world around them and start to realize that this is kind of an impossible series of, there's no way this is co coincidental. And that's kind of how I arrived at religion, I, using reason and logic. So um, yeah, I still struggle with it, though. I mean, people are always emailing me like, you're not a good Catholic because X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I know. I know. I've, I've got Isn't a long the point way to go on this journey. Not that I am in any position to speculate or opine, but isn't that kind of the theme of Catholicism that like there is no perfect Catholic? Like it is, it is sort of a an exercise in uh, confronting your inherent imperfections, basically. I suppose, but just like the Catholics that I'm around are just so much better. Like I talked hmm. to Brittany Pettibone, and I'm like, I can't even be in your presence, your presence, because you just radiate goodness. I'm like, I feel in morally inferior. Well, the know? point is that's a pathway too, right? Like you don't I expect suppose. to just flip a switch yeah, and become a, a different, you know, be better person tomorrow or something. I'm trying though. I guess that's all that really matters. Hmm. What about you before we give you the boot? Yeah, no worries. Um, what I noticed is that once you get deep enough into kind of this, like when you can drop yourself into that brain state, I've actually connected with the energy of God a couple times. And hmm. it it gave me this faith that is so much easier to carry with me moment to moment. Like Blonde, I know what you mean when you talk about Brittany Pettibone, because it's like, I feel that. It's like this hum that just kind of runs all the time that yeah. that affects my mood and it makes me kind of just more positive and friendly towards other people. And all that came from meditation. So that was just something I kind of wanted to offer you. Like if you can generate those states for yourself on your own, you'll find it much easier to, um, for instance, go to religious services and get something out of that. Yeah. I mean, I'll try. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been surrounding myself with more Christian people and I've been going to a Bible study and everything like that. And it's just kind of when you elevate your social network in that way, it also kind of puts pressure on you, <laughs> the right kind of mm. social pressure to be a better person and to really put in the effort, which I'm not doing. Thank you so much for the advice, though. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I'm rooting for you. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Have a good, Have one. good night. Ovid is up next. Ovid, you're good to go. Hello. Hi. Um, actually, uh, since you guys seemed a little confused before, um, if you didn't know, uh, baby foreskins are used in lots of high-end face creams. Uh, oh, for yeah, oh yeah, I've heard that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I have that was heard the this. To that super chat. So wait, wait, wait um, they, just so I'm clear, they actually like harvest this tissue mm -hmm. and H use it. Will sell it. Oh, we'll that's sell legal. Yeah, I thought it's illegal sure. to sell like body parts and stuff. Um, Is that not? 
No, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a super professional on. I was just saying that I think that's what that super chat I was referring to. That that would make sense. I have heard that now that you explain it. But that yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. is that just listed on the ingredients list? Baby foreskin. Oh, some of it's a selling point. That's, uh, that's some them. weird. That's some weird shit. Yeah, these uh, women are crazy. Hmm. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, everyone should watch uh, Motherland because it's great, and you can hear all about a. Uh, Blonde's crusty veg. Yeah, totally. No, I said my future crusty veg. Oh, oh, soon to be. Well, you know, things happen after birth. It's a lot of healing. And uh, really, really, I just want to call in today and give a big thank you to all the support and everything that I got from the community when I did my little uh, job promotion shout out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, did it went work on out? out. Uh, yeah. Well, I got a lot of just positive vibes and and a lot of cool. great advice from people on the show. And actually earlier today, I went to a job interview um, that somebody I've, I'd met previously in a meetup uh, helped, helped me set up. And that was good. Even hmm. though I don't, don't think that'll work out. It's good to get them. Um, I'm feeling the momentum, you know, the job yeah. search movement. And I'm trying to, you know, improve on myself and, and make myself into a real man type of thing yeah which is hard I, you know growing up in like this liberal household and trying to figure out and you know find god and this stuff and you know well and, I, and in a society that. where that is that is somehow frowned upon or, yeah. or you know devalued you say that this job didn't work out i'm curious is that because you don't think that you're going to get the job or is it because you had a poor like you evaluated it yourself to be not the right fit a little bit of both okay um because yeah the only reason I ask is is you talk about, you know, uh, just becoming a man, so to speak. But some of that, to me, in, in my experience, has been knowing and having the confidence to realize what opportunities are not the right opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. takes a little bit of confidence and a little bit of, like, uh, you know, just male maturity. Not necessarily male uniquely, but, like, a certain maturity and confidence that you might not have in your younger years. Like, when I was applying for jobs in my – part of it was the economy was shit. <laughs> but yeah. it's like literally I'll do anything, anything you want me to, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Doesn't matter the pay, doesn't matter whatever. So if if you're kind of at the stage where you, where you, you know, you you have some confidence to to play the field a little bit and see what your see what sort of um opportunity you can pull your way, that's a good development too. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank thanks so much. You've given me a big think. So, uh, well, I'm glad it's working out and I hope, uh, you know, I hope you find what you're looking for for sure. Are you still thinking you might relocate or are you going to stay put? We'll see. I'm, Hmm. I'm really just shopping around and trying to figure out I'm, I'm on a, I'm I'm in a life journey moment where I, I'm really got to figure out just what I'm, you know, you know, you get that pressure because I'm 20, I'm 23, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on that pressure where it's like, God, this is the point where it looks like everyone around me is deciding the shit that they're going to do for the next 40 to 50 years. Yeah. Right. You think and that like, I thought what? that when I was 23, what too, people go through a lot of career changes. Yeah. Though, you know? um, yeah. You're, you're way ahead of where I, where my head was when too. I was 23. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, I so. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I think that the fact that you're taking your time is probably a good thing. Well, appreciate it, but I don't, I don't want to suck up any more of your time. You can get sure. to other colors. Yeah. Thanks. All man. Right, but, both of you have a, have a good night. You as well. Cram it. What's up next? Cram it. You're good to go. Thanks, Hello? Hi. 
Yeah, I got. Yeah, I, got. I, oh, I got you, oh, but I got you're you. really soft. Oh wait, I'm no, I'm hearing, hearing myself. You are hearing yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot. Uh, trying to mute myself and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so cram it. I have your voice very soft that I'm hearing myself coming back through it. I apologize. Uh, let me just uh, say something real quick. Sure, sure. Go for it. Go for it. I, I actually. Nigger, actually... nigger, 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 oh, nigger, 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 nigger. All right, I'm just, I'm just gonna let him go. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, trying to go through your your tech issues in good faith, man. Steezy, Steezy's up next. Steezy, let him hang out a second. Grin. Hey guys. Oh yeah, go for it. Um, so I was wondering what you guys uh, thought about Project Artemis. Project, Project what? what? Uh, Project Artemis. It's uh, Trump's plan to go to the moon. I know almost nothing about it, but if you have some info, let me know. Um, well, I, I think in fairness, it actually started pre-Trump, but it sounds like he's kind of been pushing for it along with Space Force. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it, uh, it plans, uh, it looks like the first flight is planned in 2021, um, and uh, they're going to continue flights um, up through 2025, uh, I believe with the end goal being to, uh, to launch from the moon to Mars, which uh, to me actually kind of makes some sense. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that. But, uh, well, how much distance are you really saving from the moon to, like, from launching to Mars from the moon as opposed to the Earth? I don't think it's so much the distance as much as it is, like, the idea that the moon is kind of a good launching point from, for you to initiate from. And hmm. uh, with one-sixth gravity, you expend less fuel um, to, you okay. know, you can build a base there, um, yeah. build a vehicle, and then... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but we'd have to. Are we talking about constructing an actual facility on the moon? Like, not? Could you even? I, the physics of this are a little beyond me. But would you set up something that's orbiting the moon, or would you set up something that's on the moon? Um, to be totally honest, I'm not sure on the specifics. Um, I, I guess there was there have kind of been talks of what they called uh, like Mars direct or moon direct, um, mm -hmm. which was doing the same thing from space. So it is completely feasible that they could do that from uh, lunar orbit rather than from the surface. Uh -huh. uh, but I, I, I think it would be cool. Uh, I think it'd be a cool idea regardless to, uh, you know, to get to a point we can regularly traffic to and then, um, you know, launch up from there. Yeah. So just so I'm clear on the timeline, remind me once more. 2021, we're going back to the moon. That's the plan? Um, I didn't actually get too much of the details, to be totally honest. I only found, found out about this this uh, evening. Hmm. But uh, it looks like uh, 2021 is the launch of Artemis 1, which, by the sounds of things, is like the first uh, flight in the group of missions. Uh, but gotcha. they're planned up all the way through 2028, I believe, okay. Artemis hmm. 7. All right. Well, interesting. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, anything else on your mind before we let you go? Um, well, I, I was uh, just going to say that uh, I, I think that Yang dropping out will be uh, 
have an interesting impact on the flow of supporters. I think his uh, support was low uh, or like underreported. So where, where do you think they go? You know what? Um, I actually kind of have a theory that a lot of the guys who um, I, I shouldn't say guys, but a lot of the people who are supporting um, uh, Yang and Tulsi are kind of of the same mind. It's kind of a they're they're kind of the uh, the fu vote, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But there aren't a lot of fu candidates left. Bernie, arguably. But the difficulty is, it's it's tough to run as like a anti-establishment person yeah. when your whole point is making everything the establishment. Right. Like everything will be government controlled. Mm. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, I know Yang was probably not a great example of that, but I, I think Tulsi's kind of moderate and serves as a nice, you know, fu to the establishment. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, thanks for the thoughts, man. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Bye. Have a good night. You think they're going to bring back the original hoaxers from the 60s and the 70s to hoax this moon operation too? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> bring back the whole team? Mm. Uh, all right. Let's see if we can get a couple more here. Grin is, uh, is up next. Grin, you're good to go if you're ready. Hi, good evening. What's on your mind? Grin. Hello. Hi, can you? Uh, connection might be a little weird, but I can hear you. Chime in okay. if you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, good evening. I wanted to talk today a little bit about, um, well, just your agnosticism, Matt, if that's all right with you. Sure, yeah. So um, I've heard you talk about it on a number of shows, and um, I have a couple of points. I have four points written out here that I just want to kind of go through really mm -hmm. quick. And uh, I'm just curious to hear what you think. So mm -hmm. um, the first thing I wanted to address was just how you said that, you know, if you, you find it difficult to um, believe something that isn't concretely scientifically provable, right? Yeah. Well, just something that can't necessarily, well, if I, if I were to expand on this a little bit, um, something that can't be demonstrated conclusively and to be clear about what I, what I mean by that in my current mm -hmm. perspective, I don't know that it's on. I think that there's a reasonable path to get to the concept of creator logically based on what we can observe in the world. I, and I won't go through it all right now in the interest of time. What I struggle with is moving from that, moving from that logical step to creator to the specifics of say, like it is specifically this religious teaching that is correct about who that creator is. That's sure. the disconnect to me. Yeah, and I, I think that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, I guess just the, the essence of point one that I wanted to bring up is really just that, because um, I, I noticed that a lot of people are really fixated on, I need like scientific proof of a creator mm -hmm. God. Um, and I don't, I think that while science is really useful, it's the study of the material world. Um, it, it, the scientific method is derived around um, basically examining uh, patterns in matter, right? Um, and we, we figure out through repetition whether or not something can, uh, you know, we, we, we basically assume more or less that if we can demonstrate something over and over again, that it will kind of continue to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, and 
therefore we, we, I mean, it's not even really, there's the, I guess there's not really technically such a thing as scientific fact. It's just, this is what is demonstrated through science, right? Sure. Um, so, but while I think that the study of the material world through science is useful, um, I don't really think that science is necessarily equipped with the tools to approve what exists in a spiritual or unmaterial world, right? Um, it, it would be kind of like running somebody through a metal detector to see if they had a wood knife on them, right? Um, yeah, it, I mean, these these are reasons why I, I stick with, if I have to pick a label, that, that I stick mm -hmm. with that agnostic label as opposed to atheism. Um, which has not really been a label that I've been, that I've associated with, uh, for, I don't know, a, lo a long time, to be honest. I don't know if I ever really did. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my, my point is really not trying to necessarily convert you right now. I guess mm -hmm. I just kind of want to put a rock in your shoe for something to think about. Um, point, point two, if I can just continue, I'm, I don't want to. Yeah. Why don't, why don't, um, we are short on time. So you said okay. you have four points. Yeah. Can you I'll, make your last three quickly? I, I can do it really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So two is that basically we, we can get hints about who God is through nature, mm -hmm. uh, through basically structural coherence in the world and things that we see yeah. that are beautiful. And that's uh, the most convincing to me. I, I yeah. am totally, uh, totally on board with those types of arguments. Uh, but so there's nature, uh, logic, also the coherence of logical thought and that mm -hmm. things are consistent. Um, and also our own identity through basically our, the importance we place on things like love, beauty, and morality. Mm -hmm. um, where Christianity kind of steps outside the box is it says basically we can't really know who God is without him telling us directly, right? Um, because he sort of exists outside of the world. He needs to sort of paint himself into the portrait um, for us to actually have a clear understanding to sort of condense the hints, right? Uh -huh. um, and and so basically that's the idea of who Jesus is, is he is God who is telling us, this is who I am. So uh -huh. um, just to conclude point four is basically, I, I just strongly recommend that if you have the time, uh, pick up Mere, Christ Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. because it actually specifically addresses the question of, uh, in a world of basically limitless spiritual possibilities and many religions, how do we, uh, logically uh you know kind of whittle things down to christianity why yeah, would we pick if, that over other things if he's, so, if he's got the case i'd like to hear it um so that's probably something that's probably the one that's going at the question i'm asking yeah mere christianity by c.s lewis it's uh, a really good book it's actually made uh it was it was sort of a condensed series of lectures written by lewis during uh wartime in world war ii he publicly broadcasted these lectures mm -hmm. um to the british public over radio so, um, and they're just, they're really good. Um, I, I think you ought to give it a shot. Um, sure. it's a short book. It's cheap. You could probably knock it out in a weekend. All right. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, no problem. Take care of both of you. Yep. Bye. Have a good night. Uh, let's take one more from Marie, but maybe Marie had to take off. Um, let's see how, how what do we have for email questions tonight? A lot or light? Mm pretty standard i don't know 10 okay let's see uh, we let's see if, all right let's see if we can get uh, a last word or two in here um orwell's ghost go for it if you're ready i'll give you a quick call yeah sure um can you guys hear me yep okay um yeah uh i heard you guys talking about that uh that shooting in thailand uh last week i was actually there yeah oh wow okay 
yeah, three years, three years ago in that exact city. Um, oh, the, you weren't the, there I, at the time, but you've, you've been to. The, oh no. Oh, okay, Christ. Okay, okay. Christ. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank the Lord. Yeah. I, I, I called some of my friends cause I've still got some friends who uh, live out there and I was just going to see if everything was okay, but they didn't know anything about it. Apparently it was just a soldier who went completely postal. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, the thing I wanted to kind of rant about tonight was I, I've just been checking the Twitter sphere and it's Lieutenant Colonel Venman everywhere. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, what's his deal now? Is I it, um, there, I, I said, I saw something that there was going to be like some sort of, uh, some additional punishment for him of some sort. No, I don't think so. That I haven't seen anything like that. The, the big thing that I've been hearing is, you know, oh my, you know, oh my gosh, he's, you know, this is this is punishment. This is what a dictator's like. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this course. is exactly this is exactly how, you know, this is exactly what Kim Jong Un would do. He he would he would just you know reassign a guy, reassign him to some <laughs> gulag, you know, up, send up him on his merry way, wish him good luck. Yeah, know? yeah, and and it's 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 really bizarre and i i think what this is is this is just evidence of the american people don't really grasp what 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 all of this like what, what the kind of the the military example of this is you know his all he did was he got reassigned to the pentagon is, yeah. is my understanding oh so I, he I even keeps think, a job he's not like out of a job absolutely not he hasn't been hmm. dismissed he hasn't even to my knowledge he hasn't even received um what's called a non-judicial punishment or or a non non-punitive letter of caution so yeah um yeah he's just been reassigned and i mean i think this is kind of the this is kind of trump being really smart and starting to purge the national security council this is the same thing that clinton did with u.s attorneys back in the 90s he got rid of all of them all of what all of reagan's u.s attorneys he got which rid of. which he can do i mean you can do these yeah. things i mean they're political questions like if you decide oh i don't like trump fired this guy or i don't like that clinton fired the attorneys right. yeah you you can vote against that person but the idea that there's some inherent ethical breach or some sort of impeachable offense or something these people well, serve at the pleasure of the president man it's his call that's it yeah yeah, exactly. And I think this is the thing that I've been wanting to say for a long time. This guy is the shining example. And I, if, if you guys didn't hear, uh, my mom sent me the link. It was um, Medal of Honor recipient Leroy Petrie. Um, he got on there and he was talking about how, you know, he, his understanding is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Benman was, you know, spotlight or whatever. These kinds of people, um, higher grade officers, um, especially in those kinds of positions, tend to have an overinflated sense of self-importance to the level that uh, they don't understand why people are telling them no. Hmm. Um, it's, it, I mean, that's that's always been my experience. And I, I, I imagine there is a huge level of ego with people who work in the National Security Council, especially if you're uh, an active duty service member. Hmm. Uh, my goodness, but I, I was, yeah. All right, so we'll, we gotta let you go, but, uh, but thank you yeah, for the sure. thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Talk Have to you guys met? next week. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Uh, real quick, I'm going to give thoughts and blogs last word tonight, and then uh, we'll we'll move into the questions. Uh, thoughts and blogs. You got last word. Oh, hey guys, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Perfect. Um, hey, I'm calling to make wild predictions about Pete Buttigieg. I, well, actually, I was hoping you were going to go this route because I I know you were. Uh, you were gloating a little bit about your Pete predictions earlier, so I wanted to hear them. Oh man! Well, I hear this call. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, and I'm not making this up. Months ago, and I mean months ago, yeah. when Pete Buttigieg had just come into the race, he was essentially essentially a zero at the office. We were talking, 
you know, about who the nominee is going to be. And now I, I very, you know, affirmatively said, it's going to be Pete Buttigieg. And they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like, nope, it is. Then I told my dad in a later conversation, it's going to be Pete Buttigieg. He's like, no, they're not going to vote for a gay guy. And I'm like, no, they totally will. Like, this is going to be it. So now that he's actually getting the vote, I've been, I'm not going to lie, I've been gloating, although I might end up being wrong. But um, I, I think for sure it's going to be Pete Buttigieg because the Democrats are not going to let Bernie get the nomination. Hmm. So who do, who do they give it to? And that's really, that was always the thought. Yeah. You can't give it to, to Biden because he's senile. Um, you can't give it to Klobuchar just because she's not popular enough. You know, they can shift things, but up to a certain point. Um, they can't give it to Bloomberg because he's an old white guy and he's rich. And according to the Democrats, that's like, you know, the devil. <laughs> well, is your implication that there's a little DNC shenanigans here? Are you team mayor cheat? Oh, I, 100%. I mean, okay. it's not necessarily that I don't. I don't actually think they cheated in, in the you know the first two primaries. Um, I think that the super delegates at the end of the day will, they will decide the nominee, and the super delegates are going to shift it onto. Well, what's the? Pete I thought Buttigieg. they reformed the process on super delegates this time around. I can't remember, but didn't they change something because of the twenty sixteen, uh, fiasco? Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I thought they they still had some level of decision power but i mean maybe i am wrong in that front. Uh, I, I i don't know i just I, I just thought they changed something but it's the dnc they make it up as they go mm -hmm. um but my since i'm just making wild predictions i'm all i'm gonna say this which i'm sure it's gonna be very unpopular all right but not only will pete Buttigieg be the nominee but <laughs> he got kicked out i didn't even all do right. anything he was about to make his was he on mobile? I couldn't hear any of that. Oh, you didn't hear any of it? No. Oh, maybe he was on mobile. I'm going to see if he can connect back, but we didn't even get the prediction. While we wait, um, we will move into questions. Thanks, everyone, for uh, hanging out uh, live tonight. Sorry we can't get to everybody on calls, but we do the best we can. Thanks for your patience. And, of course, if you're having trouble getting into the live room – oh, wait, he's back. Uh, you can send us an email question, beautyonthebeta.gmail.com, where we take him, call and show questions, the subject line. We'll Make get sure to that. he knows that I can't hear him. In just a second. I guess Blonde can't hear you. Are you on mobile? Oh, I am. But yeah, I, mobile's I, weird. I, I lost you there for a minute. And all yeah, you, it, it just cut you out of the room. That's what it does on mobile. Weird stuff. But you were about to make your grand prediction, and then it just gave you the boot. Oh, maybe, the then, DNC, uh, maybe the DNC caught on to you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, go for it. Grand oh, cool. prediction time. Um, that not only will Pete Buttigieg be the nominee, but that he will be a fierce contender. This will not be the Trump landslide that people think it will be if Pete Buttigieg is the candidate. Wow. I I no. disagree strongly with that. I think it'll uh, be a landslide. I, I know. I know people, but that's my crazy wild prediction. And uh, next time I call in, I can tell you all why or whatever. All right. But sounds good. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. Bye. He, he predicts Pete Buttigieg will actually be competitive with Trump. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe. I don't but know. We'll see. Uh, okay. We'll do, uh, we'll do uh, email questions now. As I said, that's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Put Colin show question in the subject line if you want to send us a question. Uh, Dark says, PG&E, California Power Company, filed Chapter 11 recently. Gavin Newsom recently said, quote, we are pushing a deal with PG&E. 
If we're not able to secure that deal, the state is prepared to take it over. It's not the preferred option, but it is necessary option if they can't do it for themselves. What are your thoughts on state control of public utilities? I think you know what we're going to say about this. Well, I'm not a fan of state control of almost anything. However, the other side of this is, is there such a thing that is uh, the quote unquote public, uh, that is a quote unquote public good? You know, people like AOC want to say everything is a public good. Your internet is a public good and should be state-owned. I suppose I if anything is a public good, this would be closer to qualifying like than most. Power. But here's the thing about PG&E, and I'm not an expert, but PG&E has already been heavily regulated by yeah. the state of California. They're the idea that the state of California was like, oh, we'll mostly just let them do whatever they want. No, I mean, a lot of this power outage stuff that was going on recently is, is uh, at the direction of the state. Yeah or at least as a result of state regulatory requirements. So do I think the state of California would manage it well? Absolutely not. I guess if I had to if I had to compromise on principle a little bit, we reach the same problem we reach with like social media. Would I be I think by law, if I'm not mistaken, or at least this has got to vary by state, the power company basically has to serve you, right? The power company can't say, "Well, you're a Nazi, so we're not giving yeah. power to your house." Maybe that's a fair compromise. I still want these things privately managed, and ideally you'd like to have even a little competition among them because that'll keep your, your service good. But if you're just going to have one place that's providing such a fundamental good, again, we have to define what that fundamental good is, and we can't do that now in the interest of time. But maybe I'd be willing to compromise on a, some, sort of, some sort of requirement that you will serve people uh, You'll have to serve people. I hate this though because this is the this is the bake the cake kind of thing, and I have to draw a distinction. Like, why should the power company be forced to to do X, Y, and Z, but the cake baker shouldn't be? Exactly. Yeah. I wish I could untie this philosophical knot a little bit for you. Unfortunately, I can't do it all tonight. But what are my thoughts on state control of anything? Uh, probably shouldn't happen. If it's state run, it's going to be shit. You can count on that. But you know, if it's state run, it's in California also. So kind of synonymous uh this is from mark the united states is in at the very least 23 trillion dollars in debt what do you think would happen to any president that truly addressed this issue i mean is there any truly addressing this issue it's such an insurmountable amount of debt that the only thing that's really going to solve it is some kind of financial collapse i um (laughs) people would just blame the president too it, it is amazing how politically unpalatable this is. Like, remember Paul Ryan tried for entitlement reform and stuff, and he got accused of pushing grandma off the cliff and all that kind of nonsense. Like, I follow some Democratic senators on Facebook in addition to the news that I follow just to see what politicians are saying. And th- we heard about Trump's budget earlier, and some Democrat senator was saying, like, well, our budget is a reflection of our values, and Trump is proposing to cut X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, bullshit, our budget is a as a reflection of our values, it needs to stop being framed as like government giving you things or government investing in things. And politicians need to start saying, I'm not going to steal any more of your money. That's my contribution to you. Not stealing from you. These, and everybody in the comments on this, I can't believe the, the audacity and the immorality of him cutting like investment in some art museum or some bullshit right. like that. Why don't you fund the art museum voluntarily, which you can do when your money isn't taken from you? That in, I don't know. That has to be reframed. That's a, ma- a massive political task. 
But the Democrats have, well, and Republicans aren't willing to take a stand on this either, but the Democrats in particular have won the political messaging on that front. Yeah. Hmm. Rental Robot Radio says, I wonder if part of the reaction to Pelosi tearing up Trump's speech has to do with the American reaction to destroying speech. Nancy basically performed a mini book burning, destroying an American speech on national TV. Do you think this was part of why Matt had such a negative reaction to her action? Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. I think for me, um, mostly it was, though, just like, lady, you're ter- you're tearing up the names of American service members. The names of a gold star family. Like, come on. I get we have political disagreements, but but maybe you're right. Maybe there was some symbolism to that, that it was uh, that she's throwing, you know, someone's book on the fire, so to speak. Yeah. There's probably an angle there. Um, This is from Chris M. Listening to the regretful hoarder and your replies last week reminded me of a thought I had. My wife often makes comments about dealing with our kids that has me wondering, what were you expecting having or what what were you expecting having kids to be like? Did I read that weird? Sorry. I sometimes hmm. feel like women misrepresent child rearing and the experience of being a parent to each other to highlight the highs and ignore the lows. I don't know if this is intentional because they feel they have to maintain some every day as a gift lie or if like for childbirth, they actually block it from their memory. Probably a little from column A, a little from column B. And that is why we made this channel motherland. Um, my friend Robin is having like a beautiful mother earth pregnancy experience and mine is like i hate being pregnant i'm I'm like oh it's so fat and constipated i just hate it mm. it just sucks so i think the, and especially on the right i'm hearing there's so much pronatalism that uh, i don't hear a lot of honesty about the highs and lows of pregnancy and motherhood and so a lot of that is i don't think that i think that women are ashamed to admit that they find aspects of motherhood dissatisfying or boring because they don't want to be shamed by people, especially on the right, because there's so much intolerance towards people that have any kind of criticism towards motherhood. Hmm. Um, but I also think it's important for people to be honest about that because a lot of people don't know what they're getting into. Hmm. I th- that's, that's more of a question up your alley. So I'll just, I'll defer to your right. response there. Uh, Emma says, what's your opinion on how much money you need to start a family? Do you think you should own your own home first? I'm from Canada where everything except healthcare is more expensive, but any perspective you have would be really interesting. Um, as I, uh, as I, I don't know that I would consider home ownership to be a prerequisite, but as I consider this from like a breadwinner provider angle of a, a family to be in the next few years, my tar- my target is, that I would be able to take care of my family for uh, six months to a year. Like if I, if I, if this all blew up for whatever reason and all my income got erased, that I'd be able to cover the cost of sustaining my family for six months to a year while I find something else to do. And that's probably even a little high end, but to me, I very much, as I consider becoming like a head of household or a provider for the household, even in the abstract where I don't have kids that are, in existence yet the prospect of not being able to provide for them mm-hmm. is terrifying to me yeah so i'm i'm taking this probably more seriously than i need to you probably don't have to have like you know you probably don't have to plan to provide for six months to a year that's probably too much to be honest i don't know i think but, it's more important to have children when you're young 
I mean, don't have children if you're extremely financially unstable, like you don't know if you're going to make rent this month. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's probably not the right time, but the real priority needs to be placed on having kids younger. And, um, you know, uh, all of our ancestors had kids when they were dirt poor and nobody freaked out about it. Then this whole myth around how expensive it is to have a child, it's to have a child. It's, it's not really that expensive. Yeah. Get hand-me-downs, get used stuff, breastfeed. It's, I suppose the better question is, do you have a stable home? Yeah. That's, do you have a good it. marriage? Yeah. Do you have a stable home? Will there be love? Will there be time spent with the child? That's all more important. Home ownership as a, I think that's a stupid prerequisite. It's, I mean, it's nice. It's nice if you can get there, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think that it's impossible to raise a completely healthy, stable family, um, absent home ownership. Yeah. I mean, is it like are Mexicans place, thinking about this or like ghetto black chicks? Are they like, Oh no, I'm, I'm too poor. To that's a lot of children. hate in that heart. Oh, come on. <laughs> Nobody else is thinking about this but white people. Well, I don't know. You have to ask Emma. Okay, this is uh, David. <laughs> I hear Hillary Rodham Clinton is dropping hints of a possible run for VP. Yeah, yeah, right. How likely do you think it would be for her to ascend to the Oval Office following the first ever suicide? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, really. uh, brokered convention, realistic possibility, though. Absolutely. I'm not saying Hillary swoops in to, you know, to have her say on this. Or that, like, if someone wins the nomination outright, who the hell's going to pick Hillary? That's that's uh, ticket suicide. Yeah. Why would you pick Hillary? So, but uh, realistic prospects were rolling into the convention this summer with brokered convention and a real fight for the Democrats in terms of who they're going to pick. That'd be interesting to see. Henry says, if you had to estimate what percentage of people on the left do you think genuinely hate America? I'm going to say a, a possibly charitable estimate of about 25%. Um. I think that's probably fair. I need a definition of hate. Like, I, would a fair definition of hate be America is, would you say America is more generally a force for good or a force for evil? That would probably yeah, be. Yeah, but a lot of people on the right agree with that, myself included. You think America is a force for evil? I think we've done a lot predominantly? of evil things. Predominantly? Like overall. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that we were built on a foundation that was unsustainable. And I don't really believe in the American project. I don't believe in rugged individualism. I don't think that there's uh, any country that has ever benefited the world more than the United States. Yeah, but we've also done a lot of shitty shit. I mean, I think a lot of people have a really nuanced but, perspective. Uh, this this rah-rah American thing, although it is more unique to conservatives, I don't think it's a universally conservative attitude. Is your perspective that the world would be better off if, if America had not existed? No. Oh. Um, well, that's, that's kind of what I'm defining as hate. No, I'm not saying that. But um, it, have we done anything to truly save Western culture and civilization? Are we I, going I don't to think that to there's the been I don't think that there's been any country that has advanced human freedom and built more wealth to bring more people out of poverty than, At what cost than this country. At what 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 is possibly a higher achievement? Like, what are the negatives of doing that? I mean, I think that the the greatest the greatest value should be placed on sustaining those underlying Western values upon which America was supposedly built. We're not actually yeah, Western, doing that. But those Western values are individualism and freedom. Uh, are they though? 
I, I yes. don't know that Western the, the, values that that inherently that those are that those are individual. Those are those are Enlightenment values straight out of England. I uh, yeah, I mean that's not all our country was based on. There are pretty there, much. I mean, there basically. is some elements of collectivism, um, especially religious collectivism, that have influenced the, the maybe. But again, I well, uh, in in what context? Like, of course, we we in the context of people's relationship with the state, I would disagree. But in the context of how communities ought to be built, sure. Right. I mean, we've destroyed communities, and and we're like, well, we've done more good for the world because our poor people are fat. It's, it's like, well, but but at, at what cost? And how much of this is a high baseline level of technological innovation that um, would be afforded irrespective of the advancement of America, you know, as an individual country? Yeah, I just I just don't agree. <laughs> I can't agree that there are like costs that are anywhere near the ballpark of the overall benefit to the, not just this country, but the, the world. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we're not, you know, truly a force of good all the time. I, We've done a lot of bad things. Well, that's not the, I mean, the, the, the standard here is overall America. good or bad. I mean, that's a very difficult question. I, I okay. Okay. I, I, I'm a little taken aback that you find that to be a difficult question to say that this country is an overall force for good. I mean, are, are we working to preserve this at all then? What, what's to preserve the country? I mean, I think our attitudes about about what we need to preserve are different. Okay, what do I want to preserve that you don't? I think that your focus on uh, on constitutional values and rugged individualism um, outweigh. This is not a criticism. Outweigh uh, the value that you place on on non enlightenment Western values, which are what I don't know. A Catholic influence, things that came from Europe. Uh, that aren't necessarily the Enlightenment, but I'm still not, had not, an influence on the. Yeah, family. but I'm not hostile to those things. I don't think and you I, are. I don't, I'm not. I think that those, wasn't a criticism. I don't think I think, you're hostile to those things. I just and think I think those things are. are the, I think those things are also a force for good. Yeah. Like I'm not arguing that. Oh well, it, it'd be better if uh, you know maybe if we did away with the church and we you know treated people as collectives, that might be the better route. Um. I mean, uh, yeah. This is just a manifestation of me giving up on libertarianism that's really what this is okay uh i don't right. hate america i'm not saying that uh i just don't i don't have the same kind of um confidence and belief in the america project that i used to okay uh, well in the interest of time we got to keep it moving along um but uh i mean i i as far as what percentage i estimate on the left it's got to be I, i'd be i'd just be th- I'd just be throwing a dart, you know, yeah. blindly. Fifty percent, no, probably. I have no way to estimate. It depends on what you consider your definition of yeah. hate. Um, but I do believe that it's a common opinion that on the left, a reasonably common opinion that this country is overall a force for bad rather than a force for good. Uh, this next question is interesting. Did I read the last one? Did you? Uh, I think I read the last one. Keith says, do you think Abe Lincoln was a net negative in American history? I used to believe he was great, like dogma suggests, but now I question whether fighting the Civil War had profoundly negative implications. One such is that he put a stop to any possibility of a future state secession without the threat of violent repercussion. Do you Hmm. think that secession would be a more serious option today had that precedent not been set? Also, do you think slavery would have died a natural death within the next 25 to 50 years in the U.S. without war? Um, I also kind of bought into this Abe Lincoln thing. 
but I don't think he was as ideologically driven as he's generally made out to be. He had a lot of economic interests um, at play that, that people never take into account when they're talking about him. Uh, I think that slavery uh, is unsustainable because it inherently negates the role of innovation. Uh, people that are slaves have no incentive to innovate. Uh, you, you can't make a country that progresses based on the indignity of slavery. You, you no. cannot do it. I think it would have just it would have just ceased to exist because uh, we're a capitalistic nation that would have surpassed the ability, the capability of slavery through progress and innovation. Yeah, which is, I mean, I, uh, I agree that absent the Civil War, slavery probably would have died another right. through other means regardless. But I don't know that that means that the war was the wrong move or unjustified or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but as far as, uh, as far as the question on, did it deter or is it a deterrence for future state secession without the threat of violent repercussion? What, I guess my question would be, is that, was that ever a realistic prospect? Could, was it ever a realistic prospect that a state would leave the union without some sort of armed Fight. confrontation of confrontation not. over yeah. whether that would happen? I just don't know that I buy that as like a uniquely Lincoln thing mm -hmm. that if let's say today, like, uh, I don't know, let's say in our modern, uh, our modern political fights, uh, get even worse and California wants to split off or whatever. Even if it wasn't for the Civil War, I don't think that's going to happen without uh, right. without a shot. That we're just going to have a mutual parting of ways. But that's the only way it could is if both sides mm -hmm. agreed to part ways right. that way. Um, do, I uh, do I think? I think we session? answered everything. Yeah, I think we got to most of the question. Um, yeah. All right. Thank Thank you, Keith. Sam says, with all the talk about student loan and debt getting out of hand with many Dem candidates pushing free college and with the Trump administration proposing ending student loan forgiveness. What is your view on the idea of federally funding financial literacy as a requirement in the curriculum in schools K through 12? If you do not support it, what would be your solution to a financially literate generation? Well, I would oppose this on principle insofar as I would oppose any federal cram down on education in principle. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I think this is a unwise move to teach right. kids this Depends sort of on thing. Who's teaching it though. Yeah. And I think you should have that choice in your community. That that's, that's why I would oppose yeah. the federal guidelines. Um, not because I think that the concept is a bad idea, but just because this to me should not be a federal uh, yeah. issue. But the point is well taken. I didn't learn anything about financial skills in high school or college. Now it wasn't an expectation of my college education because yeah. that's, that was a different topic. But yeah, I, I didn't, I think I, I think in high school I had to write like five practice checks in home ec or something like that. Like they showed you how to write a check. At least I had that. But in terms of like balancing a budget, uh, like how to do your taxes, uh, no, none of that. Um, oh, that's and not I mean, true. I remember teach you anything. Finally, financial literacy is extremely important. I shouldn't say none because now I remember I played this computer game and it was kind of like a life simulator game, but it was mostly about paying your bills and managing your money. This was a thing now that I remember. And I remember because in the game, I paid off my credit card debt with another credit card and I thought I was super smart 
by well, doing that. When the creditors came for me, I just said, here's another card. Now get well, the hell out of here. People do that. Well, but it doesn't work out. That's the point. It totally works out. <laughs> Can you actually, actually, this is a good question. Eventually, they're going to stop giving you lines of credit, though. But can no, you just um, if you have a really high credit score, the way your credit score is um, is created, you, this is so counterintuitive, but the more lines of credit that you have that are paid off. So you get you get an increase in your credit score by paying off your debt. But if you yeah. transfer the debt to a new credit card every two years or so, so let's say you get 18 months, no APR, mm -hmm. uh, your credit score will continue to increase so long as you are not accruing uh, debt. Well, but if you're repeatedly just transferring the debt, like if you're just, let's say you're literally, you have 10 grand in credit card debt and you literally just pay it off with another credit card and send it over to another credit card. It has to be less the, than that. It has to be less than 30% of your credit limit on any given card. Okay. So let's say it's a thousand dollars. Right. But the point is that at that point, you're never paying the interest either. So you're never. That doesn't ahead. affect your credit score. though. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, but it, it does affect the reality that your debt is going to get gigantic. It's well, not you're not long... accruing interest. Oh, because you're transferring all the to non-APR credits month to month. Yeah, you can actually do this. There's got to be a hole in the. Oh, yeah, scheme. no, I've done it with my Europe vacation that I should be paying off right now. But um, but you avoid I, the interest, so you're not paying the off the interest, debt, but you I avoid also the interest. Do not use my credit cards at all. So you literally, so basically, what you're talking about is a scheme to get an interest-free loan of maybe like a thousand or two thousand dollars. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. You learned it in home ec or whatever. <laughs> I didn't have home ec. Yeah, right. I actually uh, did. Did you really? Um, yeah. Don't use credit cards, guys. Uh, Warren says, I mean, I do because of the, the rewards. The rewards are if sweet. If you but... can handle it, the cashback yeah. is really a great option. It's awesome. That's why I do. But I, I don't buy lavishly on them. No. And I also carry no debt except for this one credit card that I'm... I got my uh, student loans that Bernie's going to relieve <laughs> soon enough. So. I am out of student loan debt. So like yeah. all in all, I have like two grand of debt. And that's it. Well, yeah. There you uh, go. That's a good spot. Caesar, you're so annoying. Warren says, I have a question for Blonde. How does your object, uh, objection with circumcision pair with your religious beliefs since God is the one who ordained circumcision? We answered this question a few weeks ago, and I sent you some resources. I didn't mean to drop this in here, actually. Um Catholics have talked at length about circumcision being a violation of bodily autonomy. And God did not ordain circumcision for all people. Also, the circumcision of the past was far less invasive than current circumcision. But I sent you some resources uh, to look at. Um, did they chop off less in the past? Or how, what was the deal with the past? Yeah, it was like 5% of foreskin now or then. And now it's 35 to 55%. Huh. Uh. So right. not that, that really matters. It's all a violation of bodily integrity. Uh, there's a lot of Catholic teachings on this for many, many, many years. Panty Dropper says prostitution has existed uh, throughout the world in many different cultures for a thousand years. While it has detrimental effects, it seems to be an institution that can be handled by society. Porn, however, is already showing itself to have detrimental effects beyond society's ability, beyond society's mitigation abilities. What do you think about a ban on porn alongside the complete legalization of prostitution? I mean, we've been we've been over this. Um, from my perspective, I'm not going to favor a porn ban, regardless of any uh, so, uh, potential trade offs. Um, but I, I guess I'm more I'm more what I'm more interested about in this question or argument is like, um, 
it, like, is that legitimately true? And I'm not asking rhetorically. I'm asking that genuinely. Like, is it a can it be objectively shown that prostitution is uh, less damaging socially than pornography is? It's kind of interesting if true. I mean, they're both like sexual vices, but what would be the reason that one is damaging and the other's not? That That's my question. I mean, porn is probably more psychologically damaging. damaging, but obviously legalization of prostitution is going to pose a greater public health concern. There's that, I'm sure. Um, so it depends. How do you compare those two things? It's like, well, the STD rate will certainly increase. Uh will corrode our our sense of morality more the porn thing is really bad there are huge psychological repercussions but like which is worse i don't know i, I, the... I reject that these are mutually exclusive things. i don't i don't want to do either of these things i don't want to have a society where we're relying on either of these things uh well and i think uh, ideally you know people wouldn't be ideally people are satisfied in their homes and in their marriages and these things are irrelevant i i guess the 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 dispute I have with the idea is, is government the vehicle to achieve those ends? I, I just don't think it is. Oh, and then somebody um, said prostitution is extremely psychologically damaging. That's totally true, but it would be done on a much smaller scale than pornography. I mean, pornography is so readily available. Like what was that study that nine out of 10 boys by age 10 had viewed hardcore pornography? Something like Wow. That. That's pretty crazy. If true. Uh, it wouldn't be like that with prostitution. Not that that's any excuse. I don't want to live in a society where we have either of these things, actually. All right. Greg says, uh, one proof of Christianity being true is that Jesus's disciples claim that they saw Jesus physically alive and spent time with him after he was crucified and were eventually martyred for that. What do you think about that argument? Um, it's just outside my wheelhouse. I just don't know. Maybe. I mean, we use eyewitness testimony in our judicial system, so I believe that Jesus resurrected. So I'm also kind of biased in this. I think it's good evidence. Sure. Uh, Jay's up next. Jay says there are two, is this the last one? Um, yeah. yeah. There are two broad groups of gun control advocates, well-meaning, but misinformed people who are, who people concerned with public safety and people who want cheap political points or a deliberate power imbalance that favors the state. How many of each are there? <laughs> is it different as you go further up the the rungs of power? Again, just throw, you know, these, uh, throwing darts blindly here to try to estimate the population of each group. But, um, but I think you can tell right away, not just in the gun context, but like the difference between someone who holds an opinion that you disagree with or who disagrees with you mm-hmm. and is still interested in your perspective and still interested in having a good faith discussion and and is able to look at you as someone who disagrees with them and consider the possibility that you're just a you're a good person who just disagrees with disagrees them. right like we do with each other matt uh mostly <laughs> until you started hating this country and then i had some second thoughts i don't hate this country <laughs> then i was like is she she nancy pelosi's daughter or what what am i talking about oh, no. what, what is this <laughs> no i think obviously uh in pretty much all circumstances we've been doing that for like what four years now um, yeah. but, uh, what I actually don't think the amount of like a lot of civilians out there are really thinking about a deliberate power imbalance to favor the state. I don't think that's their mindset. Most people I talk to literally think that you can just ban guns and then this stuff won't happen anymore. 
Yeah. That's the mindset that I encounter. Like, well, if only we could just erase this technology so that no one could ever have it, then they wouldn't be able to do these things. I don't, I mean, if all these people actually believe, no, no, I'm such a statist that I really want the state to have the monopoly on firearms and, and power overall. If that's what they're thinking, they never, all these people are very good at covering it up and never expressing that to me in any way. It's possible that they're all very sneaky, but some of the people I talk to friends of mine, I just don't think they're that smart. <laughs> like yeah. I, I should, I should phrase it better. I don't think they're so smart that they have this underlying motive that they mask with other descriptions perfectly all the time. I just don't buy that that's going on. Right. So if those people do exist, they're in power in politics as far as people who really want a power imbalance that favors the state. The rest of the people, um, I do believe they're good natured in so far as they think that their their prescription will provide a good outcome. Not all of them are good natured in extending a a an assumption of similar good nature to you. A lot of people think that if you have a gun, you're a bad person. Right. Like whatever. Anyway, it's an important distinction, though. I and I appreciate the question. All right, we got to catch up on uh, super chat and streamlabs. We'll call it a night. Hey, last one. Uh, Russell Betts, when you get to 60, you know life is a series of starts. And at 23, it is only the first career start. Don't fret it. Yeah. Don't get too hung up on that. People switch careers on average. Like how many times? I can't remember. You're speaking so softly. Got to speak up. Me? Yeah. Sometimes you're you're far away from the mic. I'm really quiet. Oh, it's because the baby's moving around. And I'm (laughs) I'm trying to sit up straight uh i think the average person just switches careers two or three times yeah something like that um okay uh dsa came flooding in okay uh artemis um nasa is accepting applications for astronauts starting mid-march so if you have a grad degree in a stem field and aren't a fat slob go apply that was not that racist Um, that that sounded actually sincere yeah yeah well, not that he's not, you know, not that trolly. Let's put it that way. Grant says, Matt, Jim Carrey actually said he would quiet down on politics to promote the movie. Second, any plans for guests? Third, communism destroys culture. Taiwan is the true inheritor of Chinese culture. I do like the Taiwanese. Um, communism does destroy culture. Well, if, Any plans if Jim, for guests? We haven't done that if, in a long time. Yeah. To be honest, like I'm just, it's not that I refuse guests or anything like that, but guests are, a lot of times difficult to book and then it's flaky and it just ends up being a waste of time. And honestly speaking, guess is not what I enjoy the most. I mean, I'm not saying never, but generally I'm looking for like a, if there's a reason to have a certain person on a development or a news story that's relevant, of course. Um, but it's not something that I enjoy the most just to have guests for the sake of having guests and just observing the way the audience reacts to it, generally a lot of people tune out too, which is somewhat surprising, but that's, that's the way that it works. So guests are not my priority, but of course, when the opportunity is right, uh, you know, you'll see them. But admittedly, it's, uh, it's lower on my priority list, guests are. As far as um, Jim Carrey, uh, if he said that I'm going to tone down on politics for the sake of the movie, that's, a, that's bad to me. That's just saying, well, I still have all these like horrible opinions 
Uh, but I'm just going to silence them for now so that you'll buy my movie ticket. Well, right. no, you, if you said, listen, I've been obnoxious and I get it. I'm going to tone it down because I know other people disagree with me. Fair enough. That's not what he's doing. He's doing it because he wants my dollar. Mm-hmm. And that's why I shouldn't give him my dollar. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I hate Jim Carrey for other reasons. Hmm. Because he banged that younger woman and then gave her herpes. And he like knew she had borderline personality disorder. And then she killed herself. I don't even know that one. I'm going to have to it's look that up. Really fucked up. Um, gentleman activist used this to buy the book. Why I still believe by Mary Jo Sharp, $15 on Amazon. I'm recover. I'm a recovering bitter agnostic. And this book has helped me immensely preparing to be baptized at 35 at the church with my wife, infant son. And I have attended for a year. Wow. Cool. Good for you. Thank you so much for the donation. I really appreciate that. I hope, uh, I don't consider myself a bitter agnostic. I don't, I, I, part of the thing for me right now is I don't, my life doesn't lack purpose to me right now. Although, so that's why I talk about sometimes craving the practical elements of religion, but I don't, I don't have like existential questions swirling my mind. Like, why do I, who am I? Why am I here? Why do I do this? I feel very clear. No, I, I have, yeah, I enjoy my life. I know what I want to do. I'm on a path that I like. Uh, so those things, um, so agnosticism doesn't come with bitterness or lack of purpose in, to me. But of course, as I've said um, many times, like what, whatever it is, like however you find that purpose in your life to get up in the morning, to do the things you do, that, that's really what it's all about. I, I, I hope that everyone is able to find that in their own way, whatever it may be. Because if you have that, you have pretty much everything. If you don't have that, you have nothing. It sucks. Yeah. Lacking purpose is a bad existence. Yeah, definitely. I think that's more of a problem with atheism, though. Yeah. Um, Cato Fiat says, government-supported art galleries tape bananas. Is that some kind of modern art project? Oh, yeah. There was a modern artwork that was just a banana, like, duct taped to the wall. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. Marba 93. America was founded on Protestant values as a biased Catholic. I'm going to opine that relativism, relativism, postmodernism are descendants of the Protestant assertion that the Bible is to be interpreted subjectively. It's got a few more. I'm just going to read them through. Hmm. I think Blonde correctly senses the philosophical breakaway from the predominantly Catholic Western world. Hyper individual individualism inevitably leads to intersectionality. Protestant values proved unsustainable. But on the other hand, I agree with Matt that the cons of America don't outweigh the pros. God has used far more morally corrupt messengers to evangelize and convert the world. I still love and pray for America. Um, that's a really good point. That's definitely true. And, you know, uh, in terms of freedom as a philosophy and Protestant values, I think that this is something that really did work when we didn't diverge from the culture so much. It only became a massive problem um, with, the influx of immigrants from vastly different countries. Yeah. And I European think, countries. Yeah. I think that we would agree. I think we would certainly agree that in general, a, a Catholic Protestant, whatever the Christian framework that built this country mostly, uh, that that framework is a, is a generally prosperous and good framework on which to build your life. I think totally, the key, yeah. the key for me is that I want people to arrive to consider all of this, consider all the possibilities, consider the world and arrive at that conclusion and that lifestyle and that worldview voluntarily. 
as opposed to like having someone force it upon them as opposed yeah, to Yeah, I being, agree. But yeah. when we let in people from vastly different cultures and religious backgrounds, that just becomes a pipe dream because we can't through force convince these people that this is a better way of life. We can't even convince them that it's a better way of life by showing them or by providing them resources. So I think that it's flawed in that this kind of lifestyle, you know, built on Protestantism even, um, it really only does work in a relatively strictly homogenous homogenous setting. There's probably some truth to that. And I think certainly the 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 basis the idea in the founding is that you would form these close local communities mm -hmm. that would mostly be self-governing under a large federal umbrella that's right. mostly for collective defense. Yeah. But yeah, the idea that people were mostly going to self-segregate into like groups, that I mean, that's that's not just true in America. That's the way the world works. Yeah. That's that's just reality. But, you know, whatever. That's hateful. In a, and in, I don't think the founders context. really anticipated the immigration problem. No, and I don't, yeah, I don't think they anticipated that. I don't think they anticipated... <laughs> the degree to which people would voluntarily surrender their own freedom to the mm -hmm. federal government in pursuit of uh, the, the, the facade of security and safety and, and all this nonsense. I think that, uh, I mean, I think it's like, I still think that the constitution and the philosophy behind it is some of the most impressive human achievement of all time. It, it has flaws. It has some things that were not foreseen, but it's the same thing with this country. Like, of course, I don't want everyone to be such a blinded patriot that this country could never do anything wrong ever. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that the ideas that built this country are behind the most significant prosperity the world's ever seen. That's true. That but when you focus, this is a huge problem that I have with like neocon style, Charlie Kirk conservatism. When you focus on these values uh, above all else, you sow the seeds of your own destruction because you're like the values are what matter if people come here if they adopt the values and they and they put that above all else then uh no other cultural or racial or any any kind of uh, intellectual diversity really matters but i don't think that that's well that's the really difficulty true. with it is that it's incredibly how do you how do you evaluate someone's commitment to those principles i just they, you can just check a box on a piece of paper that's like yeah i constitution's cool but yeah i can't get in your head and assess how much do you actually understand the philosophy behind it why it's good and how much do you have a genuine love for it I, there's right. no way to evaluate means, that if, if there's no way to evaluate that evaluate that then you know that's it no immigrants well i don't know that i'd go that far i think that i think that if you can't be in this country and and value the constitutional values above your own tribalism and personal interests, which nobody really can, then we can only choose people from countries that have similar cultural backgrounds to us. I think there is such a thing, and we've been over this a million times, so we'll, I think there is such a thing as people in foreign countries who have skills, who have assets, who do genuinely believe in these in these values that we're describing, who would make this country better. And I think we'd be wise to try to find them. How? But, it, but admittedly, that's a very difficult task. But I, I don't, yeah. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's impossible, so let's never do it. Yeah, I mean, but uh, why incur the risk? No other country would do that. Oh, well, what are you talking about? Plenty of other countries do that. Even the, even the stricter merit-based uh, immigration systems of other countries are None all. None of on that the philosophy. other countries that are sending that are sending people of the high caliber would do would do the same kind of like reverse 
migration thing. I don't know that that's true. If you had a whole bunch of, you know, if you had a whole bunch of high skilled, high asset people who wanted to move to Somalia, the Somalia, Somalian government's going to say no, stay out. Maybe they would, but that's kind of why Somalia, Somalia sucks too. Yeah, but I think that there decisions. would be mandates on conversion to Islam. Um, potentially, potentially, but that's also why Somalia sucks, in my opinion. Like the idea that the state is going to enforce a perspective upon you is one thing that stops innovation, that stops creative thinking, that stops. I don't human think a potential. lack of innovation is the only problem in Somalia. There are many. There are many. But uh, my point is, I don't want to. I certainly don't want to uh, mimic Somalia in basically any way. Right. Are we good on a super chat? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we're all good. Uh, If, speaking of Somalia, did you see that they uh, that um, investigations into Ilhan Omar are apparently happening about her potential? There's like multiple sources on this. There might legitimately be a federal investigation about her immigration status. I, that's crazy. I thought nothing was going to happen. Or at least whether she gained citizenship on fraudulent terms. Right. Or whether her husband got the, the, all the stuff involving marrying her brother uh, for Almost certainly fraudulent reasons. Anyway, Chicken Fried Monkey over on Streamlabs says, Blonde, I'm curious about your wedding rings. Sometimes you have the pretty pink one, and sometimes you wear a simple black band. Maybe it's a regional thing, but ladies, most ladies here wear their engagement and wedding rings. Just wondering. Oh, um, I I love wearing my engagement ring, but it was very expensive, and so I'm like protective over it. And so when, after I work out and stuff like that, um, or I'm just going around town, I just wear this like silicone. It's just silicone. Stretch it out. Um, mm. I just wear the silicone band so that people know that I'm married, but I don't have to worry about my wedding band. Mm. I should have gotten uh, a less expensive wedding band also. I regret that. It's like all like highly detailed filigree and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, really? I don't want to mess it up. I'm going to go pretty expensive. Uh, pretty expensive pretty inexpensive on my own band for sure yeah go like basic silver something like that but i did read in my comments it's a swinger thing the that band the black band i just bought it because i i just bought my husband and i silicon bands for working out and uh swimming and stuff like that and then i read that wearing a black wedding ring is like a signal to other swingers Hmm. that you're into that doesn't matter over on uh streamlab says uh have a good night you as well uh, we got peaceful crypto. I know you don't like it when I say that, but that's what D Live shows me. And doesn't matter as uh, our top contributors uh, overall this month. Appreciate you guys supporting the show on D Live, and we'll call it a night. Thank you guys so much. It was a fun show. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, of course, we will update. Uh, well, we'll we'll catch up on the rest of the week's news on Sunday. Uh, Jesse Smollett indicted on several uh, several low level felony charges, but indicted nonetheless. Uh, of course, uh, not only did Andrew Yang quit, but Michael Bennett, who's that? He quit. Deval Patrick, who's that? He quit. And, uh, of course, we will have a, have a watch of this What is Scandinavian uh, airline <laughs> advertisement. Yeah, one of the worst pieces of propaganda I've seen in some time. Have a good night. Bye, guys.